Hello, and welcome to episode 176 of Black Widow. Nope, I'm going to start this over. I'm looking <laughs> at the wrong part of my notes. <laughs> it's going to be a good episode. Leave it in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh-uh. Trying this again. Trying this again. Trying this again. Hello, and welcome to episode 176 of Flicks in a Six, the best show you're hearing right now. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the salted nut roll, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Why do you always do that thing? <laughs> yes. Best, <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet, but the best part of the movie, for sure. Uh, on this week's episode, Al, what do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, definitely we're going to talk about a salted nut roll, uh, which sure. I am, apparently. But um, Lord of the Rings Amazon show exists. Oh, that's right. That's right. I saw a little a little uh, headline about that. Yep. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about what we're watching for sure. Okay. There's been some things that I've been watching. <laughs> I as as have I. Although now that I think about it, I'm kind of racking my brain to specifically what I've been watching. It's been a few weeks since we recorded, so there's a lot of yeah. things, and yet all of them are currently scurrying away from my memory. I'm sure I'll find them. And you bet your ass it's going to be a good episode because when we take a break. Boy, do we come back on fire. Yeah, although we have been very rusty in the first minute or so of the show and the first minute before the show. More more, more on that in a little bit. Um, I'd also like to talk about Bob Odenkirk. Oh, yeah. Good one. Good one. Good one. I've actually forgotten about that since uh, since the weeks have passed. So that literally happened like the day before we were supposed to record last week yeah. and then just had to abort at the last moment. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about how I have a new career in VO. <laughs> also right before we started <laughs> what anything else um no i think that's it all right i've also i've also got a a, a a nugget on finding newberg out in the wild oh so that'll be that'll be fun um so we've got plenty of stuff to discuss but, but first, first al i'd like to tell you a story so today i woke up <laughs> and i went about my business as usual I usually set my alarm for six. I get up much later than that. <laughs> and then I work out, then I shower, then I make a shake. It's been my weekly morning, like, like my days of the my ab, like business days of the week morning routine. I take my shake. I go down to work. I thought you were so, going on long walks on the, I mean, uh, long walks and listen to Tom Clancy. Oh, that happens sometimes too. Okay. I also, if I get up when I'm supposed to get up, after the workout, there's usually a mile to two mile walk. Okay. But uh, today, it was not that day. Uh, and today, when I was baking my shake, something happened. Okay. Uh, and it was one of those things where I was like, oh, no, is this what today's going to be like? Mm. And I think I'm about to utter a phrase. Oh, no. Never said before. On the show or just in general? In general. Okay, I'm excited. I cut my hand on a banana. <laughs> <laughs> not had a scratch or nope. nick but you no. cut yourself cut my hand uh so we freeze the bananas okay right? and the bananas we, we cut them up into chunks and we freeze them and i take a couple chunks out to throw in my shake mm -hmm. normally this is going fine yep. but for whatever reason the bananas must have had something on top of them or something when we first put them in the freezer so they got a little bit mushed so that they're, it's more of, it's more of a giant banana chunk right now than it is pieces that can be separated. Okay. So I've been like kind of hitting it against the counter to loosen something and then pulling a piece off. 
Mm. And I went to go pull a piece off and it was giving me a hard time. And then my hand scraped across the other bananas. I went, ow, and went about my business. Making the shake, grabbing a bag, put the other bag back in the fridge, grab something else. Huh, there's blood on that. (laughs) Where's that coming from? Look at the front of my hands. Nothing. Look at the back of my hands. Chunk of my, of the back of my middle finger. Gone. (laughs) And just like a pretty consistent bleed for having scraped against a banana. (laughs) You know, ice is sharp. And this frozen banana is essentially ice. Yeah, that's fair. I've cut my hands on ice so many times. Mm. Mm-hmm. But never, never banana. Not icy banana, no. Yeah. That's my story for today. This is my tale? That's my tale. So, Al, why don't you tell the listeners what we're drinking? Because I'm well, pretty excited about it. So we're already doing the rust thing because we agreed that we were going to talk about something else before we did the beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're all over the place. Uh, so, for our loyal listeners, uh, as you know, when we go away for a couple of weeks and come back, our shows are very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next show is going to be nuts. <laughs> and not salt and nut roll either, because we're doing that today. Because uh, we are going to be going on a temporary hiatus, because I have a little one imminent. <laughs> Im- imminently approaching. Yeah, so... Uh, There's the a 99% chance this is our final episode before the hiatus. For, for a moment. Did you just hear a bing? Did you yeah, just hear a bing? Okay, so here's... <laughs> I'm frustrated. Uh, every device has the little moon that says do not disturb on it right now. <laughs> Every device. I have headphones in. Yep. Right? I have the sound coming through the headphones. Mm-hmm. But the speakers on the desk emitted a notification sound. <laughs> Despite their... I'm, I'm, I'm furious. Anyway. Here, heretofore mentioned do not disturb. I, I think I just have to get used to chaos. But... <laughs> well, you're about uh, yes. to have a child, so yes. Exactly. So we're going to be going on a temporary hiatus while I, uh, I uh, ease into my new life. And then we will return, rest assured. Flux and a six will be back after, in, in, in the sequel. <laughs> I was going to say, very, very much in, the, in keeping with this show, me and Anthony have not discussed this until about five minutes before we turn the right. microphone on to record. Yeah. This may, this more than likely, 99.9% chance is our final episode prior to the hiatus. Yes. But also there might be an episode next week. There might um, be, yeah. Who can say? Not also, me. <laughs> we're going to go on a hiatus for, I don't know, what, four to 12 weeks. Um, but also, there might be episodes during the hiatus. Who knows? Who could say? Negotiated yeah. prior to us turning on the microphones. But more likely than not, we're going to be off for like, I don't know, four or five, six weeks, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And it's, uh, but when we come back. Probably come Suicide back Squad? Maybe, probably Suicide Squad. Maybe a new format. I like to play around with the format when we take breaks. You know that. That's true. That's a good point. Um, so maybe keep it fresh. It's been a while since we've changed up the main structure of the show, I feel like. It's probably a good idea to consider coming up with like three to four templates. Yeah, so we could change it up. And like, we don't have to be like, okay, this is an A week, this is a B week, this is a C week, this is a B sure. week. But maybe like informed by the type of movie we're doing yeah. and or the, or the news and nuggets that yeah. we have. Is it a chocolate covered nut roll? Exactly. And or whether yeah. we have a guest that week. Like That's right. The guest could, template, that could be a different thing too. I like yeah, that. Yes. So we could have you know, I don't, anywhere between two to five templates that we could yeah. deploy given at any given week. So that, I like that. Yeah. You know what I like about this show? Is is it, this the is the type of thing. come on the journey with us on how to make a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is the type of thing that a producer would do for us, but we don't have one. So. That's right. Yeah. It's okay. We're, uh, 
I just love, I love how far we've come from, let's do three movies an episode. <laughs> and it'll be an hour or so. <laughs> to last week was so one movie and it was a three hour episode. And that's right. Like only about a third of it was movie talk. Like the that's movie right. that we watched. Yeah. I kind of love it though. Some of that was because I went deep into the 20 questions to find the movie deep. I think that, we need to, we need to rebrand. It's flicks and the six and news and nuggets and other things. <laughs> that's the title. Just keeps, I'd like you yeah. to incorporate a new thing. It just gets, keep getting tacked on to the end of the And title. sometimes guests <laughs> and games and fun. By the time this show ends, I don't know, 50 years from now, um, it's just going to be a paragraph long title. That's right. <laughs> the synopsis will be shorter than the title of the episode. Yeah, I'm mean, not sure that, I'm pretty sure like most platforms won't support our content. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even think, yeah, I, I don't even think it'll be close. Our synopsis, I don't see it changing, so. Sure. Yeah. Also, oh, and uh, other news, uh, news, other housekeeping, I guess, if you will. Uh, we're now on Pandora, so that means, I mean, nothing to you. If you're hearing this, right? Because you're clearly listening to it on whatever you listen to this on. <laughs> I always forget Pandora is a thing because it was such a great idea and they just did not keep up that same. They didn't. They didn't. And then everything else introduced a radio system with a like dislike and they just kind of. Yeah, everything was like, everything was like, oh, Pandora, those are some good ideas. But like, we have a lot of other better ones to like yeah. pair with that. So. Yeah. yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Because I do feel like. I mean, I mean, they did the radio thing first. So like they were like the, the like dislike radio thing first. So I feel like it, it had been for a long time the best one. Like it, it did a good job of surfacing more music related to what I'm interested in versus like, I don't know, Spotify, which when I do it, like I like dislike, like dislike. But realistically, it's pulling from like a pool of 60 songs because like, mm-hmm. it's like a playlist. I don't know. I'm not a fan of how they operate things, but the service itself is. You know what killed Pandora is never giving you the option to actually build your own playlist. Yeah, because I loved tough. that radio thing, but sometimes sure. you're like, I. sometimes you're not like, oh, I want to listen to Linkin Park radio. Sometimes you're like, I want to listen to this specific Linkin Park song and then see where it goes. From yeah, and then, yeah. And then do what you will do what you will. Yeah. Like that, that's a, that's a good feature of Spotify. I feel like I, I, you know what I like it about it is like that when that happens, it's just, it's a natural thing with Spotify. It's like, I like, oh, play this song for me. And then something comes on afterwards. Like, I don't have to think about it. Yes. I love that. That's a great feature. Um, so anyway, your child. We don't talk about music. We're talking about our my kid. We're talking about the fact that we're taking a hiatus. We definitely don't talk about music enough on this podcast. No. We talk about books. We talk about movies. We talk about television shows. We talk about video games. We talk about beer. We talk about all sorts of other wild things. We don't yeah. talk about a ton of music. We talk a lot about Diane. We talk a lot about Diane Kruger. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, that you know what? Let's just we should we should change the name of the show to the Diane Kruger effect. <laughs> I think that's what this is now. Flex of a six presented by Diane Kruger. Yeah, it's right. what the hell is this? <laughs> Wait, Diane uh, Kruger presents. Diane Kruger. Yeah, <laughs> that's also harkening back to a conversation. Oh right man, I think, I think that should be our north star is to get her on the show. <laughs> if we culminated. If we if we reached the peak of this show by getting her on the show somehow, mm-hmm. even if it was to yell at us to cease and desist. Sure. What the fuck is that sound? Oh, that was a motorcycle. <laughs> okay, but was it in your living room? Because... Sure felt like it. 
I thought you were playing. You could you like reach your hand forward, and I thought you were playing a sound effect. <laughs> I played the sound of a motorcycle. No, I was bracing myself for impact because it was coming through my window. <laughs> <laughs> bracing. <laughs> um. So anyway, this has been. This is also a great start as far as... This has been episode 176 of we, we need to, hope we you needed enjoyed to kick it. Off, we needed to kick off the rust. There was definitely some rust getting started. Sure. I forgot to sign into the <laughs> the recording. That's right. That would have been great. Like We could have easily started the recording and went for a while before realizing that we weren't recording you. No, we always talk too much about etching. It would have been noticeable. That's true. That's true. Um, There's always the etch. That being the said, Anthony also, his first intro to this was... Hello, and welcome to episode 176 of Black Widow. Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> so we've both been in rare form, and we've already had a grade A tangent. So let's get to the beer 15 yeah, minutes sounds into good. the show, or whatever it is. What do we do here? Um, so we're going to... Oh, wow, it's pretty close. Well, that's technically total recording time. So anyway, we're drinking... Something that we Anthony wanted to drink like months ago that we that's couldn't... Right. I got real excited about this one. I forgot to bring him... The accompaniment to this beer, and this is the first time that we're doing a food pairing with a beer on the show. We've talked about them before, never actually done it. So this is the Newberg Brewing Salted Nut Roll, um, the original Pearson's Salted Nut Roll. It's peanut packed. Um, It's making everyday moments a little sweeter since 1909. Um, now this is one of their collaborations, but this is their first collaboration with a candy. Yeah. It's cream ale with peanuts, vanilla, lactose, and salt. An idea conceived at Bond Place Brewing and brought to the Hudson Valley by Newberg Brewing. Um, it's got a couple logos on the side. One of them is a heart. And on the one half of the heart is a beer. It says oh. that it's brewed with heart. Oh, that's really clever. <laughs> I like the other that. One, the other one is the Bon, Pla- <laughs> bon Place, Bon Place, Bon Place Brewing Company, Bassinger, Basinger. Um, it's a pint. It's uh, 7.5% alcohol by volume. And not only does this have a little story to go, it's got a little card that came <gasps> from Newburgh when I ordered this. And it's got a little bit more about the salted nut roll. Okay. Great craft beer does not happen without a lot of hard work. Pearson's salted nut roll has been fueling the hard work of brewers for many years. In fact, the salted nut roll is often referred to as the brewer's lunch. It also happens to be a great pairing with your favorite craft beer. When you're ready to reload, please visit us at www.pearsoncandy.com. Your next brewer's lunch is just clicked away. The brewer's lunch? Is that really a thing? I don't know. According to them, it is. I mean, you could say whatever you want, right? I sure do when we start the show. (laughs) Yes, I suppose you could. Now, so... A few weeks before they announced the beer, which was mm-hmm. right before they canned it, in all of the orders, this is during the height of Newberg was doing deliveries for the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. I was ordering from the lot because I love those guys, and also their beer is delicious, and drinking their delicious beer was getting me through the pandemic. And also eating their empanadas, which were delightful. Yeah, you were all about those empanadas. I still haven't gotten one. The other day, hey, side, quick tangent. Kim came home the other day from a market with two empanadas, and I was like, nice. oh, what a treat. <laughs> I had empanadas last night, not from Newburgh, though, from a Mexican place. Delightful oh, okay. Mexican dinner from my is, is an empanada Mexican? Uh, I don't know that it's Mexican it's like specifically. A, like a Spanish? I know it's often in there, but I know it's also in Puerto Rican cuisine as well as... Yeah, Mexican that's place, right. So, yeah. um, Anyway, hmm. they sent 
that little bite-sized morsel that's in your hand um, with the old deliveries, even though they didn't include Sultan Nut Rolls, and said, just hang on to this. You're going to want to use this soon or eat this soon. And they're like, more on that later. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds exciting. And then they announced the Sultan Nut Roll ale. And then when you ordered one, you could order a full-size Sultan Oh, nice. <laughs> So I have a full nice. size one. Anthony has the bite size. I have, one. A, I have a bite size jam. Uh, it's it seems like it is an authentic Mexican cuisine. Okay, um, uh, that doesn't mean it's not necessarily like authentic in other cultures as well. Just yeah. Um, so I have the original salted nut roll. It's peanut packed, as I said. Um, <laughs> it's brewed with heart. <laughs> it's not brewed with heart. Uh, I'm looking at it. And it looks like an interesting old school throwback candy because they show on the front of it a cross-sectional piece of it. And there is clearly vanilla nougat on the inside. Yeah, I was going to say, on yours, there's a little hint at what I'm actually getting myself into, which I'm pretty excited about. Coated in caramel and then peanuts stuck to the caramel. And mm. those are the things that are listed on this. Oh, my goodness. So do you want to... peeling mine open. So do you want to crack open and take a little bite of the... Yeah, I wasn't sure how we should sip. approach this. Like, should, is it bite sip? Oh, sorry, we're definitely have to alternate. Sip. We're definitely have to alternate. Let's take a bite of this first. Oh my god! I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know the last time I had like a legitimate candy bar either. So I'm pretty excited about this. Oh, me either. It's been a long time. Right. Have you ever had one of these before? No, I've never heard of oh, it okay. before this beer. Sorry, I'm talking to you through my salted <laughs> nut roll. Mm-hmm. It's pretty mm-hmm. tasty. Yep. Oh man. And so that sound is back again. Yeah, it sure is. So this is a tasty candy bar. There is no chocolate in this, which surprised me because I anticipated there being a chocolate component as well. That being said, I don't regret that there isn't any. I was just expecting mm. it. This is very tasty. Very good. Very I could sweet. See, I, I could see legitimately snacking on this somewhat, even though it's so very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I'm take another Since I have a lot of bar, I'm going to take another little bite before I take a sip. Okay, okay sounds good. I mean, this probably sounds disgusting for the listeners, but honestly, you got to get in on this. You got to... <laughs> That's, that's pearsonscandy.com. I'm pleased. If they ask you like how you found out about them or whatever, mention our show because we've given be a great. lot of free promotion to the many beers that we love. That's true. Um, I'm going to take a sip of this beer very carefully over here because my glass is way too full. Cheers. Cheers. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, it goes so good together. <laughs> I can tell oh, you're man. joking on it. That is really good. Yeah, I, I want to take another sip now because it went together so well that I couldn't tell where beer started and candy. Started yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's like when you put your finger in like 98 degree water. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know, like, where, where do I end? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, it's kind of in the style of like one of those very sweet dessert beers, but I don't feel like it's firmly entrenched in that position where it's like, oh, I only want really honestly half of this beer, but I'll get through one and then like, yeah, I don't want any more. I could probably drink a couple of these. It's pretty damn tasty. It is very tasty. It's uh, it looks like apple cider. It does look a little bit like apple cider. Like if you have um, like unfiltered apple cider with the mother, but like mm-hmm. you didn't swirl the mother up into it all the way. Right. That's a fact. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, it's. I don't know how to describe this. I feel like there's like almost like a little bit of like a sourness on the nose. I think that's probably not, lactose. Not in the flavor, though. Uh-huh. It's really good, though. I keep I'm, going I'm back to that goddamn vanilla, that vanilla nougat in the middle. It's so good. 
It is very nice. I'm gonna you, you talk. I'm gonna finish this nut roll. <laughs> I was gonna say, I just want the vanilla nougat. I want a mm. bar of just that because it's just so the mill. Yeah, I don't know how I tackle it though. Probably with reckless abandon. Sure. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Got me. Call my bluff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would say... Sorry, this is really disgusting, talking like this. Chewing on I know, I was caramel. doing it before, but that's what happens when you're chewing nougat, caramel, and peanuts. You're it's going like, to... It's going to take 10 minutes to chew even the tiniest bite. It's a, it's a next-level experience, for sure. This is a... This is an easily three-thuckle beer, but you add in the new, the you add in the nut roll. It's a four-thuckle experience. And it's a, it's a four-thuckle experience. It might be the coveted five-thuckle slot. Wait, now we're going to five duckles? I think if you move down to the feet, then maybe it's like a bunion. <laughs> is this like the... It's four duckles like, and a bunion. <laughs> is this a double-jointed situation where, you know, the people who have the thumbs that go both ways? <laughs> yes. Or is this yeah, like, like more... When they, when they do that thing and it like, they're like hitchhiking, but they're pointing backwards? Or is this more like in Family Guy when they talked about the mythical fourth hole? <laughs> yeah, probably that. Uh, <laughs> it's right here behind the knee. But just yeah. like platform nine and three quarters in Harry Potter, you have to believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta say, the washing that candy bar down with this beer makes it one of the best things I've ever had. That's what <laughs> like, I'm saying. I think I think no this, is four, this is a fourth uncle experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh so what's God. interesting about this is I do notice a lot of the overlap of the flavor of like the caramel vanilla e aspect of yep. the beer and the thing but what sets it apart what makes the experience so good is it don't really taste like the salt and the peanut yes the i agree beer but mm-hmm. when you have the mouthful that you've just swallowed of the candy bar and then you take the sip of the beer and you get the saltiness still like lingering on your palate as you taste the beer mm-hmm. oh my gosh that's yeah. that's that's oh my the, goodness that's the nirvana of this experience you know what's really upsetting to me? What? Never going to have this again. <laughs> and I have no more nut roll. <laughs> I mean, well, listen. You can acquire more nut roll at PearsonsCandy.com. Yeah. Sure. We need to get them to pay us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is, this is quite good. I don't know uh, if they still have nut roll there. Like beer. Mm. If they do, next time you notice, I will I'll be needing you to pick some up for me. I am going to buy some Pearson's Nut Roll candy. I have one more can of the beer. We can share it. <gasps> oh, you're so sweet. When I come meet your small child. Okay, that's cool. Maybe that's what I'll call him. I've been thinking, like, what are my nicknames going to be for this little guy? I think I think Salted Nut Roll would be a great nickname. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Honestly, I don't think there's anywhere to go from here. But down. This is the best. This is one of the best delicious things we've done. That's it. Just let's, let's call this it. Like, hey, hi, in three, two, one, go. I think one of the yeah, right. I think <laughs> one of the uh, one of the best. Like we've done a lot of beers that have been really good, and like one of the ones that's most memorable to me is actually not the one that was. It wasn't like the best one, but it was just the the wildness of what I continue to call the sour Jessica Porter. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> was like our first episode. <laughs> I know, which I'll never have again either. Um. Well, I told you, right, that I was betrayed. During the pandemic, they released a rare stock of it, and I couldn't get it. Bastards. I told you that, though. And, like, no, you know, all, all this it, promotion. Well, because it's so good, <laughs> they sold it out that quick. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. Um, 
Oh man, so good. I think uh, I think we've rambled on enough about this ultimate roll, and I'm sure that it'll come back up while you are you sure? To finish are you it. sure that we've rambled enough? I mean, not really. I, I I would keep talking about it, but I feel like we're losing listeners by the second. <laughs> Listen, hopefully, hopefully because they've exited the app and they've gone to the website Pearson's Candy. What was it? <laughs> it's uh, Pearson'sCandy.com. <laughs> oh man, I think you're gonna have to uh, see if they have some sort of online presence. You're gonna have to hit them up when you post this one. Yes. Um, yeah. Could you imagine? First of all, this is like literally a hundred year old candy company. Um, we. Um, What's a podcast? <laughs> what was I was saying, like, I'm expecting like their Twitter to be like black and white and old timey. Mm-hmm. That is, if they even have it ha- their Twitter has a monocle. <laughs> I'm not sure how it works. I, that's, well, first of all, peanuts and monocles. I'm sure that's got to be copyrighted trademark. That's, that's, that's by fair. planners. Yeah, these these are definitely planners. Also, oh man, like what do you like? What if you had one of these? Oh my god, are you ready for this? Are you ready for the ultimate experience? No, hang on a second. Are you ready for this? Oh, what do you got? Because on Twitter, I searched Pearson Candy, but the top search result was a person named Candy Pearson. <laughs> man, that's a. <laughs> What what kind of what kind of effect is that? <laughs> it's the candy is, is that is that the nut roll effect? <laughs> they do not seem to have a no, Twitter. That's presence. a shame. I cannot I cannot say that I'm surprised by. Yeah, same same. Uh, but I'm thinking like you go out right. You go you get yourself a salted nut roll ale, and you pour yourself a nice big old glass, and you go to Five Guys, and you get some of the peanuts out of the box while you order your burger. Maybe you order the burger with the peanut butter on it. You eat I've that. I've definitely never had that. You know, I feel a brief sidebar here. Mm-hmm. There is a Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Approximately 1.2 miles from my house. Uh-huh. It's been there for, let's call it conservatively 13 years. Sure. I've been there once. Wow. I like five. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of a place that does a smash patty. The one time I went there, I was I enjoyed my time there. Yeah. Never been there since. Good time. I, uh, I've never ordered the... Pe- I've been there a handful of times. I've never ordered the peanut butter on the burger, but I did make that one day. And boy, oh boy, was it delicious. Um, the only problem was, and if you're not familiar with this, when you heat up peanut butter... It gets super liquidy. It becomes napalm. That, uh, that's, actually, that's actually how you make napalm. <laughs> uh, you, you get yourself some nut rolls, you throw them into lava... Napalm. I think that's. So, I think that's it. That's is that what, what it is? That's what like the military's doing. Is that what was like happening in um, what which which one was it? Was it Apocalypse Now? Where um, I think so. Someone just was having breakfast. They made some toast. They smeared some peanut butter on it, and then it ignited and burned many Viet Cong soldiers. And yeah. that was. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's what happened there. It's peanut. It's peanuts. It's burning peanuts. Yeah. Delicious. So um. It, Please continue with your idea of why peanut butter is napalm. Uh, okay, so peanut butter becomes a little bit more liquidy when you heat it up. Yes, that's what I said. However, I it does not lose its sticky consistency. Uh, that's so correct. So if you bite into the hamburger just a little bit too early, you no longer have a roof to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is exactly what happened to me, and it took it took a few days... For those grooves to come back. That's how bad it was. Sorry, I'm ignoring you talking about the burned roof of your mouth because for my last bite of nut roll, uh, I chewed it about halfway. 
then I took a sip of beer with the nut roll still in the mouth. Okay, all right. Found the mythical fifth buckle. (laughs) (laughs) Also almost choked to death, but it was worth it. Worth it, worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's Jesus. I didn't choke. Uh, I didn't choke on one of the peanuts of the nougat or the caramel. By the way, I choked. Almost choked on the experience. I almost aspirated. <laughs> I almost aspirated the beer into my lungs trying to take a sip because apparently uh, I didn't know how to chew, swallow fluid only, and breathe at the same time. So I almost aspirated beer into my lungs and choked on the experience. So good. I like that. Oh man, that's a that's another T-shirt. I'm pretty sure. Flicks a six on the front, on the back. Choke on the experience. <laughs> I still don't have a spin tune T-shirt. Why, why don't I have a spin tune? T-shirt? You know what? You don't have a spin tune T-shirt, but I have a spin tune onesie. You have a onesie as well. <laughs> Protest. Thanks, bro. That's it. Hiatus now. Actually, I'm gonna go ahead and say thanks, Kristen. That was definitely a Kristen. For the, thing, re- not... for the rest of for the rest of the episode, I swear to God, anytime anything doesn't go in my way. I'm just initiating hiatus then. Hiatus. Hiatus. <laughs> that's not how hiatus works. Hiatai? It's definitely hiatai. Um, <laughs> I'm still choking a little bit um, because, again, nearly aspirated beer into my lungs. Um, it's like, and I don't even really watch The Office, but I know the scene when my, when when um, Michael Scott declares bankruptcy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to the rest of the episode. I declare, I declare hiatus. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Al, we've got on long enough. It's time for some news and nuggets. Okay. I, I, first of all, though, that's been a tremendous ramble session. I agree. I agree. When, when, you're, when you're 31 minutes in and really haven't said much, I think that's a good show. <laughs> and people wonder why we have a three-hour show that only has one hour on the movie of the week. If that. If that. If you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get some news and nuggets. Uh, all right, I'm going to start off with my new job. So, I... <laughs> I... <laughs> I didn't actually get a new job, but I was given an opportunity at work to do what I am now considering something that I can put on my resume as voiceover. But I am the voice of the parachute support hotline. <laughs> when you call in and you get the the command prompts of like, press one to do this. I recorded the whole script. <laughs> oh, I would have done it for a per diem. <laughs> and I could have tortured all of your customers with my terrible, terrible voice as I do every, all of our listeners weekly. See, here's the thing, though. You hate your voice. I do. Yeah. I don't hate it. It's fine. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you don't. Yeah. I say fine because I don't think there's any there's any way to say anything more than that that doesn't sound weird. <laughs> well, listen, if you're I like, like, I your think voice. It's, what? Well, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, there's other ways to say it. Right? Like, you, you sure. have a strong voice or you have a weak voice, right? Like, you have a. Hmm. You can just go with generic oh. adjectives. Like, sure. I know my voice can trend towards the raspy at times. Hmm. I know that. Well, certainly, it's not even... You have, you, have a, you have an interesting raspy high, though. Yes. Which I feel like is different. It's unique. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I know it can trend towards raspy at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, because there are some times where I sound like, in my own ears, it feels like I sound like sandpaper on whatever is going to make the raspy a sound that you can make it on. Mm. Um, and then I listen to it back, because I'm like, God, I sounded terrible in that episode. And it mm. doesn't sound significantly different than other times. I'm like, so what was going on that I heard it so very raspy in my own ears that day? I know it's a very loud voice. I can yeah. project with the best of them. Sure. It can go quite deep and also quite high. I guess I have a lot of range, though not a lot of range in singing. Huh. Interesting. I, I, I discovered a weird thing where 
when I record, when we do a recording like this and I'm just talking normally and I listen back to it, I definitely hear a difference than what I hear in my head, right? Yes. Well, I've told I, you, I, sometimes when I hear my own voice recorded, like if I hear like the audio from like a video someone took of us like at a party or something like that, uh-huh. I sometimes don't recognize my own voice. <laughs> Who's voice. that? <laughs> but yes. the, other, the other part to it though is um, if I sing and I record myself, it sounds the same to me in my head and outside. Which is I don't. Very weird. I don't. I don't have the courage to, to record my own singing voice. Hmm. If you think I hate my speaking voice, <laughs> the paradox is I really enjoy singing. I will sing so much while driving alone in a car listening to music. Love it. Love it. What if you? Ter- what if it turns out that you have the voice of an angel when you sing? No, I don't. Because I've heard. I've heard it before. <laughs> Oh my god uh it's like fergie and jesus <laughs> no it's it's very much not that <laughs> anyway. that being said i would have loved to do the phone tree i think that would have been hilarious for me to do it that was... being said tell me more about your voiceover uh there's really not much to it except i i didn't realize how much i was gonna put into it when i started i was like all right I, i'm gonna re- i'm gonna record some of these things but then i was like i ended up spending like an hour and a half like tweaking my settings make sure that the recording is super crisp and clean i used a, a tool that i have to noise cancel a bit because cars like to drive down the street at the most inopportune time. And luckily when I set it up, it actually did cut it out perfectly, which was nice. Um, Did a couple of like post-processing things like removing clicks and hums and stuff like that. Uh, So I like really got like the space set up to do it. And then like the first, the first script piece that I read over and over again, like I did it like 12 times until I was satisfied with (laughs) the way it sounded. And I was like, I kind of like this. And then I, of course, like for my own fun, I did a couple of recordings in different voices. <laughs> like there was, there was a 10 minute span where Christopher Walken was the voice of our support. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did Kermit the Frog. <laughs> oh my God. And I was talking to one of my coworkers about it. And he's like, no, you should absolutely do each of the lines in a different voice, which I think would be great if like, Somebody welcomes you, and then somebody else says, I'm sorry, what you've entered isn't correct. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that. It would make it a little more interactive. It would feel a little bit more like they spent some time working on it. Like, oh, this was a different person who's telling me that, fuck you, that what you're asking for isn't available. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, like, get really dramatic. Oh, no. Like, your number's not in the system. <laughs> like, just get really into it. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and I it would be, uh, actually I would really I love it. that if you like made it sound really desperate when uh, mm. like you had, you know when like when you call some like where for like customer service or whatever and like they put you in hold and like we'll we'll put you on with the next uh, human operator who's available like after like the third time that iterates if the next mm. one was I I swear to God I'm I'm looking everywhere and they're all busy I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely like, uh, there's a lot of a lot of the lines ended with "please try again," and yeah. like I, I, I by like the third or fourth one, I really wanted to just be like, "please, please," <laughs> just be real desperate about it. But it was fun. It was fun. Al, yes, give me a news. A news? Yeah. Well, this is a very small, short one. So. We have official confirmation that the Lord of the Rings show dun, dun, dun. on Amazon is a real thing. We know mm-hmm. this because they shared with us a couple of days ago a still shot yeah. from the making of the show. Not a behind the scenes, not a storyboard, 
It was a real life, honest to God, photograph of something from the show. That's awesome. It's totally vague. It seems mm-hmm. to be a person of, I'm not sure if they're human or elf variety, In approaching what seems to be a fairly elven looking city or mm-hmm. town or whatever. So on a hill, it's grassy, it's green. There's some lens yeah. flare. Yep. Classic. Classic. Um, and they gave they, what they, they just, did they give a date or was it just a 2022? September 2nd, 2022. Oh, it's out there. Yeah. 9222. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I really Pretty thought it would have been a little bit further along by now. Well, how long have they had the race now? Eight years? I don't know. It's been a while. I feel like we've been talking about this. It's since been at least five or six years. Sour Jessica Boy. <laughs> we, we may have been talking this. We may have been talking about this. I'm fairly sure we've been talking about this prior to the Sarah Jessica Porter. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. I, I mean, you know what? I'm looking forward to it. I, I actually think that I'm probably going to end up watching a lot of the Lord of the Rings over the next few months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, you're going to have to put it on. Zonk out. I mean, when you have a brand new, like, infant, mm-hmm. there's zero impact. What you could be watching, Scarface. They're not going to. Yeah. No, I, I fully intend to put The Dark Knight on, like, the first time. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Watching. Let's pivot from The Lord of the Rings, because it really, honestly, isn't much to talk about. Sure. We've talked about a lot, and this is not, like, when we get to a trailer, finally, that's going to be exciting. Hmm. I watched a movie last night. I don't know if you've heard of it. Excited. It's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty famous director. Okay. The lead is, well, I know he was in Newsies and like Empire of the Sun years and years ago. Okay. And it's also got Jake, Gyllenhaal. <laughs> it's got Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal's sister and the guy from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Why did you say it that way? <laughs> did you not notice all of the random, random references I'm making? No, I, know, I know what you're doing. I just like, I don't understand. The way that you said it was ridiculous. <laughs> the guy from Battle, the guy from Battle L.A. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of people in that movie, huh? It's a pretty good movie. I yeah. got a little tired and I didn't get all the way to the end. But mm. I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's called The Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it last uh, night from like five seconds in to okay. like until <laughs> like five seconds before it ends. I have this weird no, thing about seconds. <laughs> no, it started late and. I was about to fall asleep, and I mm. want to say it's the last scene I actually watched. I definitely recall one of the last scenes being. Oh no, sorry. Uh, the last bit I watched was when Rachel gets thrown out of the party, like out, out the window, and like, oh, and saves her. Like, yeah, and then yeah, I was like, good. okay, I'm literally falling asleep. Rachel. <laughs> yeah. So like that was the last part. So so like I, I saw I don't know roughly halfish of the movie, maybe yeah, almost two thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty damn good movie, though. Oh my god, I love the movie so much. It's been a while since. Actually, I I know for sure I have not seen it since we watched it to do the episode, which was like two years ago. So you know, it's funny. I I haven't watched it through since then either, and it is my favorite movie. But like, I haven't watched it through since then. But I will anytime that I get like some sort of new tech, whether it be like a new like new set of speakers or like an upgraded surround like amp or a new TV. I always play the heist scene as my test ground for it. And it's uh Did you hear that? I did. What just happened? That's a fly. Did the, the fly just f- go into the microphone? It buzzed and it landed right on the microphone. That was weird. That everybody heard that. Uh, cuz I heard it before I saw it. It's still there. 
and I want to swat the shit out of it, but I'm, there's a 110% chance I break the microphone and my Newberg. Sure, yeah, you just gonna have to leave that, I think. Now, hang on, everyone. If only you had a salt gun, because then if you were to hit it with that and a little bit went into the beer, you would just be adding some salt to that salty nut roll. Is a salt gun a thing? Yeah, uh, it's called the bug assault. And it's, <laughs> it is, it's a gun that you like, you cock in some salt, and then when you shoot it, it sprays out, and the salt particles hit the fly and murder it. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. If only, if only you had, man, that's pretty cool though, that you were able to hear, like you could hear it so crystal clear. It was even cooler when it buzzed away. <laughs> that was a great time. He's really time. helping us out with his final show. <laughs> I was, the whole time, I don't, if you saw my hand was off to the side mm-hmm. of the screen here. I was going to tell now you all, it. please like turn the volume down because I'm going to flick it off the top of the microphone. You all might go deaf, including yeah. myself because, you know. Oh my God. That's really funny. <laughs> that was amazing yeah but yeah so, the bug it's called the bug assault i have to look in yeah i'm also gonna have to buy one of those like bug zappers for dominic's friend brian's house because we've gone there a few times and i swear to god all of them live because <laughs> the last couple of times i've been there i've walked away with easily 400 mosquito bites. Ooh, that's you don't want that yeah that sucks oh man that's a that's man that's a great that's a great movie to to throw on. That's a good that's a what well, you just came across it on TV. I'm assuming. Yeah, no, I was um what was I? Awesome. I I was watching something with my brother. He went to bed and I was like I'm not really ready to go to bed. Let me watch something for half an hour or so and I watched that for mm-hmm. more than man. This. That reveal of the Joker is so perfect. And like so exciting, even having seen the movie a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Just the way that 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 he's framed, and like ugh, the pulling off of the mask. Oh my god, it's so good. You and your friends are dead. <laughs> like <laughs> it just gets me every time. I well, it. I was gonna say even like more than that. It's no, the first time he actually speaks. No, I killed the bus driver. <laughs> That like head tilted to the side as he like steps out of the way. Oh my goodness, it's so good. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. The character's name is Lau, and I keep I will see him in random things, and I will point him out to. I don't think she's picked up on it, but I will just randomly point him out in things and be like, "Oh, he's good with calculation." <laughs> like that that line is so. It, it it's like I don't know. It just doesn't fit in that. I just hate it. It's like so cheesy. And he says it a couple of times. And he said, yeah, and like I said, and like, I'm good with calculation. <laughs> and it's just like every time, like, it sticks. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so every time I see him, that's all I can think about. And then, obviously, he's not playing the same character. So it's weird. Chin Han. Chin Han. He, what was he? He was in something recently. Can you look up his recent, uh, his recent... Uh, Skyscraper? Nope. Mortal Kombat. He's Shang Tsung. Yeah, that's it. That was it. I... Don't think I ever would have realized that that was. Yeah. Which is weird. Anyway, I'm kind of jealous that you watched that, but I will be watching it soon. Uh, I'm going to go into a Newberg in the wild real quick. So the other night, uh, after one of our appointments, we went out to dinner because it was late and we thought we were going to be back home sooner and we did not. Uh, So we went to a restaurant nearby the midwives and they have they're still doing the uh, the scan, you know, scan for the menu jam. Uh, but they have it. Too, they have it separated 
And when you scan for the beer menu, it brings you to their untapped page and has their list of draft beers on untapped. Oh, that's kind of cool. Which is kind of cool with like the descriptions and the ratings from people, which I think, think is kind of awesome. Lo and behold, item number three on the list is Newberg, uh, the, the triple boss one, whatever that one is called. Terra? Terra boss. Yeah. I was like, huh. No, Giga. Giga or Terra? It was Terra. Yeah, okay. And uh, I didn't get it because if I remember correctly, it does have a bit of a boozy taste and it's like in the 10% range and I wanted something much lower. Yeah, it was like, I'm throwing out a number here and I was, you can call me a douche if I got the number right, but it was like 9.6 or something. It's it's ten plus. It's like ten points. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, um, but I was like, ah, like that's cool. Like I actually like, I don't I don't often get to have Newberg on draft. So like I was I I was like really going back and forth on it. But I ended up getting. I've drank but... so much Newberg on draft. <laughs> but uh, I was like, oh man, it's really cool to see this out there. Like I love that. And also like, uh, we had went to that place one time before, like at, at a previous appointment, and I was like, hey, they have a good beer selection, and it, and it rotates pretty regularly because we weren't there that long. Oh. How about this? You're going to love this. You're a nacho guy, right? You like nachos? I mean, is there anyone who doesn't? Okay. Uh, so they have on, so Kim and I usually will share something when we go out to, um, and if we're feeling hungry, we will share something and an appetizer. All right. So we decided we're pretty hungry. We're going to share a buffalo chicken wrap and the appetizer half order of nachos. Okay. All right. Sounds, sounds reasonable. Sorry, uh, half order of nachos. Is it like a plate of nachos where they clearly made a full plate? And chopped it in half and scraped the other half away? No, I'm, I'm glad you asked, because that's actually where the story is going. A half order of nachos, I assume, would mean they have a full order that is cut in half just by the amount of stuff that's on the plate. But here's the rub. Half order. It was half of the rest of the nachos in the world. That's <laughs> how big the plate was. <laughs> like It was like this. It was a smaller sized plate, but the nachos went up a good nine inches. So 120% of the nachos that should have fit on that plate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was uh, delicious. And I felt horrible afterwards. <clears throat> Fantastic. I felt like I, I had, I felt hung over the next morning. Oh, wow. I think I had, I think I had a salt hangover. <laughs> huh. i say a couple of things to clean up. It assaulted my senses. Wow. Sorry. Cool. Loser. <laughs> A um, couple things to clean up on on all the storytelling you just did. One, mm-hmm. Sunday, War My Terror Boss shirt that you have as well. Nice. Into the Beach, War My Terror Boss, Terror Boss shirt. Um, two, the best nachos I ever had was in some bar in University City in Philadelphia. Mm. It was nachos with some sort of pulled pork, a white cheddar queso fizzle. Oh, yeah. You gotta get that queso going. Cherry peppers? There were cherry peppers on these nachos. Slice. It's a game changer. Yep. It is. Mm-hmm. Sliced cherry peppers. Our nachos. Yes. And then... <laughs> exactly. Those were some of the best nachos. Oh my god. Were so it, Arthur's needs to start making nachos. Our where nachos? They, where they do slices of the steak on it, too. And slices of the cherry peppers. Yeah. And how can we incorporate the French onion soup? Caramelized onions? There you go. That's it. <laughs> And like we just workshop this. This is gonna be the first uh, the first menu item at our brewery. It's gonna gr- be our nachos. Some sort of Gruyere sauce drizzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gr- Gruyere queso. Okay. <laughs> queso. Uh, this is this is gonna be a wildly too expensive nacho dish, but it's gonna be That's so right. damn good. Yeah, it's this is the, these are the nachos that sink the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one shit. I had one other thing based on the the stuff you said. 
Fuck, I don't remember what it was now. Oh, sorry. We were talking about Mexican food before. I said I had empanadas. Mm-hmm. Such a good Mexican dinner last night. I had enchiladas. They were seafood enchiladas. Mm. Crab meat and shrimp. Mm-hmm. Green sauce. Yep. With all the expected um, you know, rice, rice and bean. <laughs> yeah. We had empanadas. We had a chicken empanadas. We had beef empanadas. There was guac on the enchiladas. There was nice harvested from the garden. I want to say they were Portuguese hot peppers. Hmm. It was it was a meal. It was a feast. Nice. Ah, that sounds delightful. It was. Well done. Ah, that last night nut rolls tonight. Who's better than you? No one. Not right. Now. Not at this moment. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, what do you got? You got another nugget news for me? Yeah, sure. Let me just dig it out of my phone because I don't remember. Oh, sure. Bob Odenkirk. That. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, um, that was pretty scary, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember seeing that early in the morning, one of the days last week, Tuesday, I want to say? Mm hmm. It's like, oh, that's not. Not like this. Good. Yeah. Definitely not like this. And also, I was like, well, listen, it's probably just some overheating, heat strokey stuff. They're shooting in New Mexico right now when it's summer and. That'll be fine. And then, like, later that day, it's like, yeah, no, he's uh, he's in pretty rough shape. Everyone give him your thoughts and prayers. I was like, no, not like this. Yeah. It's like, that's not fair. Like, he's seems like he's in pretty good shape. He did a fucking Keanu Reeves style action movie. Yeah, that's right. That's like, right. maybe that's what did it a few months ago. Like, he's in as good a shape as he's going to be for a 60 mm-hmm. ish year old man. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. And thankfully, it seems like he's okay. So that's that was an unnecessary scare for all of us. So glad that he's that he's fine because that that would have been a real bummer. I mean, d- don't get me wrong. There's a big part of this that's selfish, right? Like it's like, a, no, no, you can't do this. To no, me. I want the rest of the show. At the end <laughs> yeah. of the show, you can't do it to me. And like, I definitely feel guilty about that. I don't like that. But like, oh, in all yeah. seriousness, like Bob Odenkirk's great. He's funny. Yeah, for for sure. But yeah, it comes it, that that definitely creeps into your mind, right? Because it's like while you love the actor and the characters that they play, it's like that is your attachment to them is their work. So like when the possibility of that disappearing, it actually is like a weird, even though it seems selfish, I do feel like it is a weird, like grieving thing of almost being like, Oh my God, no, like, no, I really wanted more. Like I want to see this person again. Um, I remember like being like, fuck when Heath Ledger died. Yeah. I mean, how many people went through that stuff with, People like Heath Ledger or like when Alan Rickman died or David Bowie or like any other number of like actors, especially like, you know, it sucks when like an older actor, actress or musician or whatever dies. But when they're like 95 years old, like it's like, okay, well, yeah, sure. Like it's it's your time and it it sucks. But like you lose someone who's in the 60 to 6 to 70 range. Oh, wow. When you lose a Chadwick Boseman. You lose, yeah, Chadwick Boseman oh in his early forties, like, yeah, you know, and he's and he's just really, truly hit the peak of his fame in the last five-ish years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, wow, there was so much more, so many more stories that they could tell, so many more performances we could enjoy. And then on top of that, you hear a guy like him seems like he was like a really good dude too, and like, yeah, going out and doing good in the world. It's like that's mm-hmm. that's. I just remember just remembering like how much of like a movement there was when that movie came out, and just like how I, I don't know, just, I feel like it made it was so a phenomenon good, and it was like oh that that really sucks. But uh, then every time I hear his voice, like when they do like um because they've been doing it in like the Marvel openings, he mm-hmm. has a line in there. I'm just like that. It gives me chills every time. Yeah, but ah. Uh. 
That's a shame. But I'm glad I'm glad Bob Odenkirk is okay. Yeah, me too. So uh what are you are you watching anything good these days? So by a very specific definition of good, I am now an episode or two behind. Actually the finale might have aired the other day. I might be two episodes behind. Um me and Gianna watched a batch of Kevin can fuck himself. I know you were yeah, we, we kind of stopped, but how is it, is it? Has it gotten better? Is it worth going back into? Oh, so you weren't liking it? So I it was okay is, with I, I I would watch the rest of it. Kim, Kim might be off the show. So that's what I said by a specific definition. It is absolutely entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't know if good is the right word, gotcha. but I have definitely been entertained by the show, especially as it goes more and more. The thing is, I'm noticing kind of a theme with some of the AMC shows of the last few years that weren't like the true blue, really good shows like the, not the breaking bad or better call Saul or even something like halt and catch fire or humans, which I only saw very little bit of, which I'd like to go watch. Like they're batshit crazy kind mm. of. Um, I watched they're out and like some of it in like a soap opera E way. Like I watched several years ago, there was one season of it. Um, Feed the beast a bad show couldn't look away though like because like there was some fun but it's like oh god this is bad bad and it didn't last but a season um this is better than that okay. because i there feels like a really coherent plan for the show like fifty thousand foot view some of the nitty-gritty is not great but like i love that there's a very specific vision for this show and the polarity of it as the way it jumps to and from the drama side and the sitcom side. And the fact that the sitcom side makes me cringe and want to throw something at the television. And the drama side is actually supplied most of my best laughs. Yeah. That dichotomy is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think because it's breaking that convention on a show that's already a breaking of convention or a rather an awkward melding of two conventions. Yeah. Um, I've really been enjoying it. I think that it's accelerated some of the stuff beyond what I expected. Some of it is so easy to call ahead of time. And yet some of it also keeps me like, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going to come next here. Sure. It's just a lot, but in a good way. Cool. No. And it's only eight seasons. Oh, sorry. It's only eight episodes. The first season. Eight seasons. Yeah. (laughs) It's only eight episodes. The first season. I'm I've watched the first six. I think the, Eighth one might have been out the other day, so me and Gene oh, okay. finished that. All right, so I, I, I should I should probably catch up on that because um, I I do want to see where it goes because I was I personally was enjoying it, um, but Kim was kind of trailing off on it, so I don't know if she's going to want to watch the rest of it. There was definitely a bit of a rough patch in those first like three ish episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it like I said, it's just it's entertaining. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it really it really is. But she, Annie Murphy, is awesome. Yes, and she's really good in this. And the one who plays her husband's friend's wife, who or not wife, a sister, um, who I'm forgetting her name now. Um, yeah, she's look, look, been look really good right in now. it too. Yeah, uh, from from what I've seen too. Uh, Mary Hollis in Bowden. That's the actress's name. I forgot the character. Patty O'Connor. Yes, Patty. That's it. Um, she's been really good. Um, the show has one of the all-time randomest cameos 
of all time. Really? Yes. Uh, in the last episode we watched, there is former New York Ranger Sean Avery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Playing himself. It's so weird. Well, they do a whole Boston Bruins versus ex New York Rangers. Is, 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 is it as weird as the random? Uh, actually, that that seems like it's more grounded than the. I don't know. I don't know who the sports person was, but in New Girl, during the funeral, that shows up because Pete was his agent, and he fired him over text messages, and he they wanted to get to the phone to delete the text message before the family saw. And new, Jess was trying girl? to delete. Yeah, Jess was trying to delete the uh, messages that she sent to him when she found out that he has a wife or a girlfriend. I don't remember this at all. I think it, I, I think it might have been a hockey player or something. No, maybe a maybe a football player. I don't know. I I, I don't sports. <laughs> wow, who was <laughs> who was Pete on the show? I don't even remember who that. I was. don't even I don't even know if he was in like more than one episode. Or even if he was actually in an episode or not. It might have just been like a char- an abstract character that she was dating. I have no memory of that. I have to look this up now. <laughs> but uh, no, the only reason it was like Sean Avery was, he was outsized famous for how good of a player he was. Because okay. he was a pest of a player, which by everyone who was a fan of the team that he wasn't playing for. Hmm. He was an absolute pest. And... He also was kind of one of the first people to start breaking down some of the barriers in sports on stuff like kind of the machismo, like bravado stuff. And like, I'm 99% sure he's not gay, but even just like the idea of like, just not being like super stereotypically manly, like macho and all that stuff. And like, he was super into fashion and stuff like that. But I know he was like hated by like, Everyone who watched him who wasn't a fan of his team. Mm. I uh, oh, it was Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> okay, I, I think I baseball. said Paul. Paul, but that wasn't the right character because Paul was um. You said was Pete. Justin Long characters. Okay, you said Pete at first. But Pete, no, oh, it was Pete. Pete, I think Pete was the character. I don't, I don't remember Pete, but I'm just looking up. I'm assuming that's it. It's Clayton Kershaw, which makes sense because the show took place in L.A. and he's been on the Dodgers his whole career. He was the best pitcher in baseball for several years. Mm-hmm. That was, it was the whole thing where she like, she, she was like, Oh my God, I sexted him and then found out that he's dead. And that also, and then like, and wanted to go delete the message and then found out that I don't know if he, Oh no, he, she sexted him or, and they, and they, they put sexted in quotes uh, when they described the show, because it was like, it was like, she was like mostly dressed and like it was like and like said like I don't know it was like making like a silly face, but uh, it was really it was just like a whole a funny thing where like the rest of the of the loft is like no you didn't, <laughs> 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 but uh, they so she's like feels like she needs to go to the wake, mm-hmm. and then she goes like and then it turns out that he has like a significant a long term significant other, and then it becomes this like oh my god thing, who do we say we are <laughs> and. <laughs> What are, like I need to delete that photo before they find out, and then then this baseball player comes in and like pretends that he loves like loved him and everything because he was Pete was his agent, but yeah. it was like the only reason he was there is because he had just fired him over text message and didn't get a response. Oh, <laughs> oh man, it's a it's a very funny episode. But, yeah, I don't uh, remember that one. Coach goes to the wake as well, and like the three of them end up in the garage looking for it, and they. Uh, the the girlfriend comes in and is like, what are you guys doing in here? 
And he's like, we were just singing. Like, what? What? Yeah, like, we make, like, up songs about him or something. And they just start rambling things that don't rhyme in sing song. And it's just too much to handle. That show, I've been catching up on, like, random episodes of it. And it is fantastic. Oh, I love that show. There were some times where it was so cringy that I kind of wanted to walk away for a minute. Like, sure. In a different way than like the way I feel with like Curb or Always Sunny, but mm-hmm. like similar like effect and feeling of that. Yeah. I don't know. It's it, because you get there's episodes like that, but then you just get like there's like the thing, the long running gags that they do, like the whole thing with Nick and Tran. Like, it's one of the, like, when he has the one-sided conversations with him, yes. it's just every time it, it makes me laugh out loud. Or the Keaton thing. Yeah, or... the Keaton thing. <laughs> um, I, and also, honestly, one of my favorite things from that whole show is just the stupid flashbacks to Nick mm. Schmidt in college. Those are pretty great. I, I do love, uh, Schmidt has some really great reactions, even mm-hmm. when he is not the focal point of the scene. So like, like, yeah, just in I, the background, yeah. Yeah, like a character will say something and he'll do like a quick head turn. Like, yeah. and that's the thing that always gets me. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, he, uh, Max, I think his name is Max Greenberg. He'll do some. Yes. He has some Instagram posts with that he did like during the quarantine with, uh, with his daughter, like doing homework and stuff. And they were really funny to watch if you ever get a chance to go and check those out. But man, I love that show. Uh, all right. So you're watching Kevin Kneff himself. Anything else? Um, not anything that's like concurrently airing. Like I've just popped on some random movies. Like I mentioned the dark Knight. I actually yep. got to watch a good bit of forgetting Sarah Marshall again. The other day oh, I nice. watched all of, I love you, man, which has been a, a little bit. since. Oh I've seen man. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, you're a whore, Peter. Yeah. With us going to Vegas, I watched 21, uh, this weekend. Uh, Jim Sturges. Yes. Yes, okay. Um, you should watch The Hangover. <laughs> no. Um, I assume you'll have a similar trip. No, we were talking about Vegas and Blackjack and math, and actually your your sister was over for the week, and we watched 21 on Saturday. Nice. So, um, Watched uh, the second half of The Gentleman, which my dad put on and decided to explain to your sister, so then watched the second half of because he loves oh my God. so much. It's so um, funny. Yes. Uh, I don't know. There's a handful of other odds that end up. Sure, I'll nice. remember one thing or other as we continue on. What have, what have you been watching? Uh, I have been watching. Okay, so Ted Lasso season two started, which uh, is fantastic. I have mentioned it before. The first yes, I still haven't amazing. got around to it because I don't have app. But uh, oh my god! So it's so far so good. I started watching Mythic Quest, which has really like it's. I rarely audibly laugh when I'm watching something by myself. But this show just it lands so many like so many horrible jokes that I just have to and I just start cracking up. Yeah, and, I've heard good things. That's the Rob McElhenney show. Yeah, and he in particular, like the way that he commits to a bit, like really, like I just, I, I it for it's I'm hysterical in certain scenes. There's just whole shtick where so he's like this like egomaniac macho guy, right? And one of the lead software engineer wants to distract him for the day while she tries to figure something out. Mm-hmm. And she brings up one of the other engineers to sit in the main floor 
and to introduce him to her, oh, like I just wanted to introduce you to one of our great engineers. Is how it's how she portrays it. And Rob McElhenney had come in and he was like, oh, great. And he goes to say hello to the guy. And the guy gets up to shake his hand and he like towers over him by like three feet. <laughs> and like this sends him into like a spiral for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and he's like, he's trying to one up this guy. for, And it's just, it's just so good. So that's perfect too. And like, that's one of those things where when you know something about the person, like you get where it's coming. Cause I know he's had like big, like body image Mm-hmm. issues um going through his like he got jacked he got super fat he got even more jacked oh my God, like fat mac fat mac yeah that ep- there was that one episode of i haven't listened in months but that one episode of armchair from like a year or two ago where that was really he, good yeah him and kamel and johnny were on it together talking. oh i didn't see that i didn't hear that one i, I saw uh, the one with him oh yeah i'm 95 percent sure that he did one with him like, oh cool like, that both of them were on it at the same time because it was after Kumail went on steroids to do the the um, Eternals thing. Oh, okay. which, like they kind of talked around, but it's very obvious he did steroids. Like, <laughs> well, just if you watch the trailer, his face is different. So yeah, yeah. On top of how the rippling muscle, which everyone saw like in that first like still when they showed all of them, and then mm-hmm. like you look at him more closely, like moving around, it's like oh, your your head and face is different than it was, and yeah. not in like a plastic surgery sort of way. Yeah. But uh, that that show has been hasn't cracked me up, and I got Diane Krugered hard by that show because uh, there's a character who is the writer of the game that they're developing, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like this this guy. He's a little bit older. He wrote a bunch of sci-fi novels, and now he writes this. He writes the backstories for everybody in the game, and uh, it's it's Daradol. It's who? Daradol. F. Murray Abraham. Yes. <laughs> It's Daradol. <laughs> that uh, one took which, me a second to dig that out of the... Uh, and so, that, that, which leads me into the third thing. We just finished season six of Homeland, uh, and we've established that Dar and Daradol are the are the things that are said most often on the show. <laughs> uh, Do you remember like, how he was introduced on that show? Like, yes. Through like, CCTV footage. Is that Daradol? I was like... Who and or what is yeah. that sound? Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> what, is that? what does that mean? <laughs> what are these syllables? But yeah, that's... What a I, weird way to introduce a very important character on the show. It's like, yeah, they were like, you know what? We need somebody else. We need them to be bigger. I have no time. <laughs> that's No, I was just like, they said it as if I was supposed to know who that was. I was like, am I forgetting someone from like the first season? Yeah, that was... Oh no, you're introducing a new character. Hey, look, it's F. Murray Abraham. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was very bizarre. But, uh... We just finished season six, which was a good, it was a good season. He's such um, a prick at all times. Even when he's a good guy and he's not always a good guy, he's such a prick. Who is? Dar. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't stand him. But, like, I was, like, I, during it, I was, like, okay, they are they are painting him as, like, he is the bad guy of the season. That's how they're painting this. So, I'm, like, so clearly, he's probably not. <laughs> and sure enough, like there was like other things going on behind the scenes and whatnot, but uh, it was, a, it was a really good episode, a really good season. I, I enjoyed it. I was getting really bummed out. Uh, spoilers for season six of Homeland. I was getting really bummed out because I had come to really like Quinn. And I know. Then, I told you. By the end of season five, I was like, well, he's not dead because they didn't show him die at the end of the season. So mm-hmm. he's going to be back. And then when he came back as the shell of his former self, and I was That's like, rough. there's no, there's no him going back to being himself. But the way that that, I, and then I was, then I was upset by the end of the season. I was like, the fact that he didn't win an Emmy for that season is insane to me. 
because I feel like that way that that he played three different characters throughout that show is amazing. Basically. Like he did a great job, and I want to see him in more things. But, I love that they kind of subtly update the intro throughout the course of the run of the yeah. show, and they close with him and his monologue in the letter to her before yeah. with the whole thing. And I'll be the light guiding you home. Dog mm-hmm. gives me chills. Yeah, it's 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 good. So uh, I, we haven't started the seventh season yet, so I don't know. Um, I, I, we have an idea of where it's going based on the finale of the previous season. What was the end of six again, exactly? The end of six, uh, Saul and like everybody else gets arrested. Okay. What was... I forgot. Carrie got arrested too? No. Carrie was the one that was like in the room to reassure them all that she's not going to come after them legally, that she wants to... like that The president wants to be like open and communicative. Mm. But then, that, like, that was one home, that... I say it ended with Saul in a car calling her, right? Yeah, face on her. And Peter was... Oh, Peter's gone. He he died at the end of season six. That's what I thought. I just yeah. didn't want to say it. I couldn't remember if that was yeah. six or seven. He, and it was funny because like he dies in the, in the end of season six, and it feels like a, a point with it feels like they're wrapping up the episode. And I paused it, like ran to the bathroom, and found out that there were thirty minutes left. And I was like, oh, like we we have a lot more to go. Um, and then all of this stuff, which was really just set up for the next season, happened. Yeah. So it, two more seasons to go. It was a rough way to go. Uh, it was yeah. heroic. At least he kind of got. Yeah, that, that whole redemption thing was pretty awesome, though. Yeah, especially because it was such a rough watch with him early on in the season. I felt so bad for the character. It was a hell of a performance. That scene where Astrid dies and uh, just losing it was rough. Yeah, rough it watch. really was. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? One of the things that he would do, where like I'm kind of curious, like whether or not it was written or something that the character developed, because this feels like something that somebody who was really into the role, like made a choice to do which is when he would decide what word he couldn't remember to say and would would signal it i thought that was really cool because he did a really good job like he was doing like a motion or something that like i knew where he was going so i know what he's saying but he can't say it like that whole thing was very impressive it must have been challenging to do i bet yeah but uh man uh i'm 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 enjoying the show oh wait yeah Uh, sorry did the scene with Carrie and Franny happen that I was talking about, or is that not? I told you there was going to be a scene that when you see it, you're going to know. Oh wait, this, this might have happened a while ago when she tried to drown her in the tub. No, not that one. That one was rough too, but that was no, no. There's uh, another scene. It might be season seven. Okay, is it Franny's a little older in the scene? Yeah, like she's in like preschool or kindergarten, whatever it is. Okay, she was in that in this in this season, but like this was the season where like. She was being held hostage by Peter. Who was? Franny, but she wasn't actually being held hostage. Oh, okay. Does Carrie have like a really, really big meltdown in this season? Or <sighs> she does when Franny's taken away from her. No, no, that's what I'm talking about. Franny is safe in this time. Okay. But taken away from her by the by her sister? No, by like by child services because Peter held. Like held them hostage. Yeah. And, right. Okay. So now, so yeah. that's the next season then. Okay. Great. So awesome. So I have something stupid to look forward to. Is what yeah. No, about. it's bad. I like I said, it's a scene that's very serious, and I laughed. Oh no. no just because it's so it, like it's not a laugh worthy topic, but it the way it's executed is so ridiculous and over the top that I yeah. I honestly like I guffawed because it was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> Oh, and I man. think you'll oh. 
Like, I feel I'll like you have to know the scene. I have to know. I, I just, but the problem is like six, seven, eight are all kind of like very like bunched together because those mm. events are all very tightly linked. So I, I can't, some of the events like blur together is like the order of when they showed up. So I couldn't remember exactly when I knew it was sure. one of those seasons though. Cause it's after she gets back from Europe. Gotcha. Uh, so the only other thing I'll say on Homeland, I, I'm enjoying it so far. We've been enjoying the show. Like we went, through, we, we hit a dip for a while where we in the sixth season or yeah, in the sixth season where we like, we hadn't gone back to watch it. And then all of a sudden put it back on and burn through the rest of the second half. It's it's still interesting and entertaining. The quality is just not what it was early on in the show. Yeah, it, it definitely it has it, it has its hits and misses. I do think that there were thing I, I think that the second half of this season was strong though. Yeah. Versus like the previous season was a little bumpy in like explaining what they were trying to do and like actually executing. Um but then I came across this SNL skit from years ago. Oh. With Anne Hathaway playing Carrie Mathis. Math- Matheson? Matheson? I think it's Matheson, yeah. Bill Hader playing Saul Berenson. No. Oh. Keenan playing... Uh, uh, who was the head of the CIA in the first couple seasons? He's, he's like, I think he's Martian Manhunter on, on Supergirl. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, the actor's name is... I, I don't have Yeah, it. he was in the, the second and third Matrix movie. and um, was he? he said, Martian Manhunter from the Justice League, like Snyder. No, from Supergirl, from like the show. Oh, then I don't know. Sorry, I thought you were talking about what's his name. Uh, I don't remember who. But anyway, so Keenan's playing. So Keenan's playing the head of the CIA. Uh, another guy who I can't remember his name is playing Brody, and somebody else is in an interrogation room. And if you, I will send you the clip. But if you guys on that are listening can look it up and know anything about Homeland, like it, they nailed it. They absolutely I, nailed all of the characters. I was gonna say I never saw the SNL thing, so I I don't know. But I, I actually I would like to see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll show it to you. It was really 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 silly. But like they they went through like a like there's a line in it that Keenan goes up. Oh, there goes the lip, like referring to Carrie's quivering lip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's turning her whole face upside down. <laughs> And it's really funny. And like, they really, oh, then, and somebody else plays Brody's daughter who shows up in the scene and everybody's like, how did she get here? <laughs> say, By the way, does, it, does everyone remember Brody's family? Yeah. <laughs> Which just like disappeared off the show. Yep. yep that's right. Um, to be fair, I don't really know what they would have done. Yeah, they couldn't really do anything else with those characters. They, they, they ended that storyline pretty good. It's funny. So it's, it's funny because like, I started watching Homeland probably a year or two after seeing Deadpool. I was like, oh my God, it's Miranda Becker. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I know she was, she was in the show. She's in like the half the run of the show. She's in like 30 something episodes. That's funny. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. That's all I have for news. Do you have anything else? Um, I don't think so. Oh boy, does that mean it's time? Is it time for fun and games? Well, hang on one second, because I want to just put a bow on this. Cause I looked up the guy. For, yeah, he was in Supergirl. David Harewood? David Harewood. That's it. Yes. This guy looks familiar, which is probably because I, you know, watched Homeland, but it's been a while. Wait, was his name also David on Homeland? Um, it was... I know his last name was Estes. As soon as I saw... Yeah, David Estes. Yeah. Estes. Estes, whatever. Yeah. He's been in a lot of things. Yeah, I only know that because there was like an entire season where every time they said that, I, me and Kim were like... What are they saying? And then we had to look up <laughs> that that was the character's name. I yeah, I guess I didn't remember the pronunciation, but when I saw the name on like 
the page here. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. All right. So it's time for some fun and games. Al. Yes. I believe you are the, you are the host of fun and games this week. That's correct. <sighs> you got your movie ready for me. I I am ready. Okay. Did this movie come out during or after the year two thousand? After yes. During or after yes. Okay. Uh, did this movie come out during or after twenty ten? No. Okay. Cool. We got two thousands flick. Uh, is this movie an action movie? No. Uh, is this movie a comedy movie? Yes. Okay. Uh, is there a primary lead in this film? Yes. That's five, right? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, two two about years, two about genre, one about a lead, so five. Okay. Uh, does, does the lead of this movie have some sort of romantic interest in the film? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, primary lead is, hmm, can I ask here? Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, it's funny. I thought like, I was like, oh, I, I'm on a roll. I feel like I've got a, a lot of good information so far. A comedy mm-hmm. with a lead with a romantic interest. And then I was like, actually, it's nothing. All of the things that are coming into my mind now are like, oh no, like there's, it's not, it's are like movies without a primary like lead. Like okay. other, like comedies where like, you know, it's like a buddy movie or like yeah, an ensemble of some kind. I'm like, damn, like what? what, what? I'm, I'm glad I got direct answers to this thing. <laughs> but, but now I feel stuck. Uh, well, this is, this is not dissimilar from how I started off last week where I was like, or last episode where I was like, okay, I'm getting a bunch of answers and none of them are really giving me a <laughs> That's fair. Uh, is the is the lead of this movie? I don't know how to, how to phrase this. I want to know if like if the lead of the movie is like part of like a group of other comedians that work to get, c- together in films. Like, do you know how like Adam Sandler has his guys, mm-hmm. and uh, like you know uh, uh, Seth Rogen and like James Frank? Like, there's like those there's like that group. So like, is this lead part of like a group like that? Well. Like, basically all of the comedic actors of the last 20 years are that. So I'm actually going to refuse to answer the question because it's not helping. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, or, sorry, is my analysis wrong there? Um, probably not. <laughs> I don't know what I would do with the answer no. That, well, that's, that's kind of my point. The answer was going to be yes no matter who. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, ha- oh, okay. Was the lead of this movie ever a cast member of SNL? Yes. Ooh. Okay. Um, does the well, does the lead of the movie is the lead a male? Yes. Okay. Is he is he normally found adjacent the Adam Sandler troupe? No. Okay. I feel like that's a good chunk of people that were on SNL. Um. Hmm. Okay. And apparent and and unfortunately, all of the people I was thinking about. Okay, when that happens, <laughs> I do. I really do. Uh, is this movie set in a contemporary time to when it was released? Yes. Okay. That's ten. Okay. Um. Is the lead 
feel like I'm, maybe I'm asking too many questions about the lead. It's a romantic interest. It's a comedy. It's a 2000s comedy starring a former, ca- a former or current cast member of SNL. Uh, uh, hmm. Is the movie rated R? Let me double check. No. Um, is... Hmm. <laughs> I feel very, <laughs> I feel very stuck. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this. Do I... Am I particularly fond of the lead, to your knowledge? I'm pretty sure you like the lead. Like, I'm, like I'm pretty sure you like the lead. Okay. So, yes. Uh, yeah, let's just say yes. Okay. Was, uh, is the lead part of, like, the Sandberg group of people? No. Hmm. Man. Thousands. Okay. 2000s comedy. Uh, starring a... An SNL cast member. Uh, oh, what was the answer to the rated R question? It's not rated R. It's not rated R. So we're working with likely a PG thirteen thirteen movie. PG. Oh, Mike Myers in this movie? No. Damn. Um, is this movie animated? No. Okay. It's fifteen. Okay. I'm trying to think of folks that were. It's not part of the Sandberg troop. Not part of the Sandberg. The Sandberg or the Sandler troop. Um, to be clear, when you say the Sandler troop, I'm talking mm-hmm. about the actors who are in his movies. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 what I just want to make yeah. sure we're on the same page. Yeah, I guess there's a there is a I'm trying to think of who else was on um, actors that were in his movie. Uh, well, okay, he was the the only gray area I can think of there is maybe Chris Farley because like they weren't. Uh, I don't remember them being in any movies together, but they were close. Whereas, like, whereas, like David, like David Spade's been in a bunch of his movies. Like uh, Rob Schneider's been in a bunch of his movies. Like that. Like that's like that's those are the ones that I would consider like the Sandler troupe, not Chris Farley, but those guys. Yeah, um, I okay. I would I would use the same definition. Okay, I, cool. I, yeah. Um, this could be this could be a this question could suck. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to ask that. Um. Is that would really only eliminate uh, one person, maybe a couple people, not probably one. Um, 2000s comedy, romantic interest, SNL cast member. I'm probably like, man, I feel like I'm probably like the SNL cast member one is probably going to screw me up because I'm probably thinking of like big, big people and forgetting others. Uh, the only other big. How can I start eliminating more things all at once? Is is Will Ferrell, uh, Chris Kattan, or um, or Chris Farley in this movie? That is the first time that we've done a question like that, either of us. <laughs> yeah, at least one of them is in this movie. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> trying to think of movies where they've been been one-offs. I could think of one Chris Kattan movie that's a one-off. I could think of... I could think... Uh, when I say one-off, I mean like, oh, wait, we're like, they're the lead, not... Don't have like an like a cohort. Like, they're, that they're doing like the... That, that is like a co-lead with them. Like, I... I could think of... I could think of a Will Ferrell movie like that. Um, coming up short on Chris Farley... Well, yeah, I've, I've got one, one Farley movie like that, but I actually... I don't know when he... 
I can't remember the year that he he passed away. Well, you're asking the wrong person. Um, I wasn't like a big Farley guy, so I definitely don't know what year. Okay. Uh, are sports involved in this movie at all? Yes. Does coffee play a big role in this movie? <laughs> Does what? Coffee play a big role in this movie? Coffee? No. I thought I, I, oh. thought I had it. but <laughs> No. Okay. No, it's not kicking and screaming. <laughs> I know we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but no. Um, By the way, you have two left. That was 18. Oy. So technically you have one question. No, that was a that was like a dual lead. Um, well, sports sports plays well, a role. I feel like is a big thing to consider. So, so I want to be yep. clear. There is a very clear lead. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean that the lead doesn't have a sidekick. You're hung up on that a little bit, but I would not call this exactly because if you're going to extend that, no, nah, I don't want to say anymore. It's it is a clear lead. Sorry, do I have do I have two questions and a guess or one question and a guess? One question and a guess. Okay, all right, I got to think about this then. Um, claim that it has a singular. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been kind of hemming and hawing whether I should say something earlier because it did feel like you got hung up a, a little bit, but like. I would I would throw out a greater challenge to your calling Last Action Hero not a cop movie than I would to what I'm saying in this. That there's a singular lead, I would say in this. Movie. Um, a singular. <sighs> okay, uh, that's a tough one. Uh... Like for instance, like kicking and screaming has a singular lead. Yes, there are other. Sure. Kind of co-leads in that move. Okay. You know what um, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm worried now. Well, I just, I, like, I don't want to give you too much, and I definitely don't want to lead you astray either. Like, I'm not trying to, like, lead you astray. And, like, But, like, you could say, what's his name? The father is, like, a co-lead of that movie. You could say Mike Ditka is a co-lead of that movie. But, like, he's the lead of it. Okay. Um, does this movie revolve around NASCAR or ice skating? <laughs> um, yeah, it revolves around one of those. Okay. Did you literally use your last question to give you a 50-50 chance? I did because the other thing that I was considering, because I don't remember the movie well, I was if you said no to that, I was just going to throw it semi-pro because I don't really remember the movie. Okay. Um, I'm I'm pretty I'm feeling fairly confident that it's Will Ferrell, and especially now that it revolves around NASCAR or or well, so, <laughs> or ice skating. So, so hang on, hang on, hang on a second. So we have a couple things to unpack here because yeah. obviously I was going to give it to you earlier on, but when you eliminated Sandler and Sandberg and their troops, it has to be a Will Ferrell movie, a comedy movie in the 2000s, not featuring that coterie of actors. Has to be well, uh, unless unless it was just uh, unless when I asked the question, you happened to remember that the character was on SNL. Like I don't like that's why that's why I threw Chris Kattan in there because there were a couple movies that he was in. Too. Sure, no, my my point was you asked early on was it an SL, SNL character like an SNL cast member was on in the movie? I said yes. You said is it Sandler or any of his troop? No. Mm-hmm. Is it Sandberg or any of his troop? No. To me the. Only obvious follow up to that is Will Ferrell. You chose not to until like several questions later when you asked Ferrell, Catan, or Farley. But it took you a while to get back to that. Yeah. 
point. And then on top of that, oh, sorry, there was a question you just asked a little while ago that it's like you could have like narrowed this down where you had multiple chances to yeah. keep narrowing it. Like you left, you, I think you, I, you didn't I, pursue it. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so it's we're in. Well, it's a sports thing. When you said sports, Catan and Farley don't have any sports content. Wait, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I could have just asked if it was Will Farrell at that point. That that was kind of but what I was. I just stopped. I just like went there that it was him. Um, and then, well, I was also trying to figure out like I feel like there's a chance that Chris Farley was in like a silly sports thing that I can't remember. I I suppose that's possible. So uh, that's the the other thing is like like even to semi pros points as you've already named that and it's obviously mm-hmm. not that because it's about either NASCAR or ice skating. Mm-hmm. Um, like semi pro is another one. I wasn't going to use that as an example before because it was still on the board. Um, that's very clearly. I would say a Will Ferrell lead, but like, unfortunately, Har- though, I don't remember that movie at all. But like, Woody Harrelson is a co-lead. Yeah, I guess my 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 struggle is in both. Um, man, man, now the more that I think, I feel like on the surface, I picture Talladega Nights as having a co-lead, but the more that I think about the movie, Will Ferrell is the lead. Whereas Blades of Glory, it is him and the other guy from what's that movie? Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite, right? Yes. And like they are, they are the two characters that are kind of head. So I'm gonna go with is it Talladega Nights the ball- the ballad of Ricky Bobby? <laughs> it is Talladega Nights. <laughs> um, Blades of Glory is definitely a co lead. Yeah, situation. Okay. it's a two leads situation. Yeah, so that was the thing. Is it's like- so funny because like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley because they play off each other so well. I'm picturing the first thing that I picture from that movie are the scenes where they're together and they're working together or working against each other. But honestly, but, as far as screen time goes, John C. Riley's probably only about thirty five percent. Right, because he's in the he's he's like plays a big chunk at the end and a big chunk at the beginning. I feel like, but there is like that middle ground where huge it is, swaths of the movie yeah. is not on screen. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. But like, I, like if I you, do, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. So, so today was the 15th anniversary of that movie. Oh, was it really? Yes. Oh, that's fun. Um, so that it put it, it put it on my mind earlier in the day, and then when I had to re like think about, oh, like shit, I have to pick. I was like, that's as good a choice as any. It's like the only problem is like it's either gonna push him like to the limit, which it did. I was like, or he's gonna get in like six guesses because to me, I well, especially when you said, is this an SNL? I was like, fuck, he's gonna get this in like the ninth. <laughs> Yeah, I realized it was like it. I think that um, going forward, though, I'm going to try to rely on that one because if you say if, if if this character wasn't on SNL, that's like it really does. I feel like it splits a good chunk of actors right down the middle. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you said so, the comedy movie, and then the person wasn't on SNL, that leaves you with a much smaller roster mm-hmm. of people to deal with than it was, you know. Mm-hmm. But the way you specifically asked the question, which was clever, was like like. Adam Sandler and his troupe. And it's like, okay, so it can't be Adam Sandler or Kevin James or Chris Rock or David Spade or, well, Rob Schneider wasn't on SNL, but he's in the troupe, right? I thought he Rob was. Schneider. I think he was on SNL. Oh, I didn't think he was. Maybe he was. I don't remember, actually. I didn't think so. But either way, he's in that troupe, right? And yeah, the, there's like the Sandberg troupe as well. Um, but Will Ferrell, like, is weirdly kind of exists on his own in all of that, considering how, like, super famous he was coming out of it. Yeah, he was, I mean... Yeah, for for sure. Like he did those. He did a, a couple of, of well, mainly it's like the night at the Roxbury skit, right? Like with him and Chris Kattan, where like I yeah. constantly did picture the two of them together, but they only worked really together. I feel like in that unit. Well, you know SNL much better than me, which is why I was surprised when you didn't finish it off and 
nailed down that it was feral right then. And yeah, there. which is which is funny because like even though I didn't do it in my mind, I kind of was I was kind of there. Yeah, um, but I did solidify it with the sports question because I figured I figured yeah. that. Um, but by but like by the time you like I said that I could see that you're getting hung up on like the Colee thing. I was like, oh, he's gonna do the thing where it's like, oh, it's a feral Riley thing. Step Brothers is a twin bill between the two of them, right? But this one is not. Farrell is the lead, but then you can make the argument that Riley yeah. and um, what's his name? Um, I'm totally drawing a blank on his name right now. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Like, they're like the co-leads outside of him, but like it's his movie. He's the lead. Yeah, I, yes, yeah, for sure. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even argue. I, now that I'm thinking about the movie, I wouldn't argue that they're co-leads at all. I'm just saying, like, they're if you're going to... like They're ex- supporting cast, for sure. Sure, my point is, like, they are all... Like, they get their own storylines. Like, they are, like... They yeah. are lead characters, but not the lead. So, like, yeah. the way I... I know you and I approach this a little differently. I know our definitions are... We've, we've coalesced on the same definition or whatever. But, like, to me, I would say anything up to, like, three leads is still, like, not an ensemble. It's beyond, like, three that I would... Like, like... What's it called? I would consider not an ensemble um, super bad, like because it's the two of them. And then if you want to add on McLovin on top of that, you know, you can say like there's three kind of semi leads. But like I would say, it's a twin build. It's like an identifiable two leads to that movie. It's not an ensemble, even including Emma Stone and Seth Rogen and Bill Hader. Right. Like they are not included as making this an ensemble. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's a good. One. I'm glad I got it in twenty. It was good. It's it's nice to to see the opponent sweat, but still end up getting it right before the end. Yeah, like every time we play this, I want you to win. Like I want, like when I, oh, you know, to me, I just don't want you to get it in like five questions because, like, I'm just like, fuck, I picked exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see you at least make it to like twelve. Yeah, there's a there's a great. uh, Are you familiar with Awesome Town? I'm not sure. Awesome Town was like a like the the Andy Samberg crew before SNL. The stuff they did on like YouTube or not YouTube, I think it would have been like Ebom's World or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. They had they had a twenty question skit that was so great, and it was Andy Samberg and the guy that he always works closely with, whose name I actually don't know, but he was in like Hot Rod with him. He played his brother. Uh, but anyway, they, they're sitting across from each other and they're playing twenty questions. Let's say I forget. Was it Yorma Tacone? And then there's Akiva something. Yeah, and I unfortunately I don't know what his name is. It's one of those two, though. I think so. The, the, the three guys who do Lonely Island. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they do like, a, they do 20 questions and like, it was like in rapid succession, it's like, is it, uh, is this a fruit or is it a fruit or vegetable? No. Like, is it uh, an animal? Yes. Is it a unicorn? Yes. I was like, <laughs> okay. And then it's like the next guy goes, and he goes, okay, is it a unicorn? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds no. me of, of uh, t- there was that uh, sketch on Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job. Where like, because that was like a like a big thing that came out like while I was in high school, and a couple mm. of my friends were really into it. That was more like they had kind of started smoking weed, and like I didn't, but like we would still hang out and like drink or whatever and watch it. Or sometimes, honestly, we'd watch it sober. But it's not really a sober show. And there was one of them, like the sketches they did on that show, where I forgot what like. The- the setup was not that you can ever really make sense of any of the setups of this stupid fucking show, but it was like a game show and it was like, name three things that aren't Jackie Chan. <laughs> and, and the guy's like, ah, ah, and, you know, they have like a countdown clock or something like that. He's like, he's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, you know, like baseball, um, you know, uh, T-bone steak, uh, Jackie Chan. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's great. So we like kept that going for like a long time. Like you quick that's name three things really that aren't funny. Jackie Chan, and you name like two random things, and then you say Jackie Chan. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, there was I went through a Jackie Chan phase where I was like all I was doing was watching Jackie Chan movies and I loved them so much. I have not seen the pre rush hour Jackie Chan stuff. I know he was in a lot oh, of like Chinese man. movies. Oh man. Honestly, the only one I can even name off of all that I, I'm ninety nine percent sure is it's from Hot Fuzz, right? Time Cop. Because he's like no. reading the back wasn't that one of them? I think it's Time Cop was uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think you're thinking oh. of Police Cop. <laughs> was, it, was that what it was? I I think it was so. Am I confusing J- Jackie Chan with Jean-Claude Van Damme? I remember it was one of the martial art ones. I thought it was Jackie Chan on the cover, but I remember him picking through the bin while they're at like the supermarket and Simon Pegg starts chasing the guy in the tracksuit and he's reading them and he goes, meet the cop that just won't stop. And I thought it was... Maybe it was. I'm, I'm. I'm. I might be confusing those two movies together. Police Story is the Jackie Chan movie that I was thinking of. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, uh, okay. But Time Cop is Jean Claude Van Damme. Well, I, I thought. I don't know why I thought it was Time Cop, but I. I thought I'm like 99 sure it was a Jackie Chan movie. Yet, but there was know. a there was a Jackie Chan movie where he has amnesia, and I really I think it was called Who Am I? Um, yeah, there it is. Who Am I? I remember loving that movie. But there was a whole bunch of like Drunken Master, Who Am I, Police Story. There was like a whole bunch of those movies at that time frame that like me and my buddy Patrick were just like super into. And we would just watch them over and over again. But oh goodness, I haven't watched those movies, movies in ages. Ages. I haven't seen any of those old Jackie Chan movies. I think that would be I think that would be a really fun thing to do together one day, like where we watch one of them and then do the show right after. Oh, sorry. It was Police Story. Oh, police story was the one they're talking about. I believe so. Yeah, I I don't know why I thought it was Time Cop, but I remember him saying, reading the back of like the, the the thing, and I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It says, "Meet the cop that just won't stop" or something like that. He's like, <laughs> reading, like the whole thing, and uh, what's his name runs past him chasing the guy, and then he yep. tries to chase like like help him with the chase, and that's like leads to the whole thing where you jump over the fences, and then Nick Frost runs through the fence. Yes, that's so good. And there's a in one of those movies. I can't remember which one it is, but it does at some point or another. Jackie Chen finds himself inside of a Zorb running down a hill, which is just really great. I'm trying to think of like the non rush hour, non um, what's it called? Um, Shanghai Nights slash noon movies of like, oh my God, Shanghai noon. I love that movie, too. Yeah. Um, The only one I can think of that I've seen of the Jackie Chan movies was probably i'm gonna guess considering it was like later on it was like the most forgettable of all those but i saw it multiple times was the medallion yeah my, my I brother saw it that. he loved it so we watched it a bunch of times it's got such a random assortment of actors it's well we, him. we, we also watched that one jackie chan movie that we did for the show that i can't remember the name of that i wasn't no but i don't i don't like include it in like that group of like, you mean like ridiculous like, like 90s 80s like, yeah, and actually, I think this was in, in early 2000s. Yeah. You know, The Foreigner from a couple of years ago, like that was like a much more grounded, more realistic movie, obviously. Sure. I'm talking about like the ridiculous Jackie Chan mm-hmm. movies. Um, although this, I mean, this was literally like a supernatural one. It was like him, uh, Claire Forlani, and um, the guy from um, Something About Mary, the one who pretends to be the uh, guy with cerebral palsy or whatever. The guy who pretends yeah. to be the architect who's like, yes, or who like 
who takes down Matt Dillon or whatever. And it turns out he's a pizza guy who was just obsessed. Or That's whatever. right. That's right. He's he's like the three of them are like the leads of that movie. Um, oh, sorry, that's a lie. I saw one other of those like shitty old early two thousands Jackie Chan movies, and it was the Tuxedo. The Tuxedo. I've never seen that. That movie I don't remember very well. It was very bad. Jackie Chan, Jennifer Love Hewitt. There definitely have to have been other people in that movie, but I can't recall any of them off the top of my head. And I think he's the butler for some James Bond esque character or maybe a tony stark-esque character is the better way to say it because the guy i think dies but he had like a super power not a superpower it was like a super technologically advanced tuxedo and jackie chan puts on the tuxedo it makes him okay it's a bad movie it's very i still feel bad. like i would watch it though i mean it might be it might be worth a watch just for like if you want nostalgia of that time because it's very of that time right and I, some I, of the like the b-level like action movies that came out in like the early 2000s but it is very bad. I decided to to get on Jackie Chan's page on IMDb and start scrolling through the movies to see if there's anything that jogged my memory. Um, in 2004, there was a new police story. Wow. Which, uh, that's the title of it. I had never heard of it. I'm curi- very curious. Uh, I oh. do see the tuxedo on here in 2002. Um, Accidental Spy. I feel like that sounds very similar to what you just explained. Wow. So I'm sorry. I'm looking at this cast list from the tuxedo because I remember some very specific like snippets of this movie, but I don't really remember the movie. What a random fucking cast. Jackie Chan, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jason Isaacs, Debbie Mazur, Richie Coster, Peter Stormare, Romani Malco. Oh, you said you were thinking police story. Are you sure you weren't thinking of super cop? Maybe it was super cop. Super cop is definitely another one. Okay. So I started, sorry, I got to the, I got to the years where I was like, Oh my God. Not only have I seen that movie, I've seen pretty much all of these at one point. Like when I was like really into this, but it was like, who am I? Mr. Nice Guy, First Strike, uh, Rumble in the Bronx, Legend of Drunken Master, Super Cop 2, Super Cop. Uh, I don't remember that one. Uh, Man, police. There was a second police story. Uh, Man, this is great. This is so this is a blast from the past. The Legend of Drunken Master, I remember really enjoying. That one I've heard of. Like that's he does like the drunken style fighting. Yes, it's really cool. Uh, I just loved watching him doing foo or whatever, right? Yeah, like him doing like all of his stunts and stuff was always so amazing. I always loved in Rush Hour watching those like um, the the reel at the end of like the things that like went wrong or like the tries of certain stunts. Oh man, I (laughs) ah those those movies cracked me up back in the day. What do you say, Al? Is it time for our Flick of the Week? Probably. Black Widow, released in 2021, rated PG-13 with a 2-hour and 14-minute runtime. Your IMDb synopsis. Natasha Romanoff confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Sure. Uh, <laughs> where, where, where are you vis-a-vis the tweet-length review? <laughs> It was fine. Some fun. <laughs> so some fun action, solid banter. But this converted origin story by way of flashback is so out of place in the current Marvel schedule and a further slap in the face to the Black Widow character itself. Six out of ten. OK, um, well, we're 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 pretty much together on this one as far as rating goes. Um, Black Widow is far too little, far too late. 
Fortunately, the performances are strong. Unfortunately, the writing is not. Success. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're touching on a lot of the same yeah. stuff there. It's so weird for this movie to be coming out at this time. It's so be... weird for this movie to exist. <laughs> well, like, like, when you've seen the specific movie they've chosen to make here, for it to be releasing now makes no sense at all. With the exception of it's very obviously tipping off that Florence Pugh is going to be right. a major force in the next phase of Marvel, which is fine. Which I'm all for because she was great in the movie. She was. She was probably the consistently best part of the movie. There's, mm-hmm. there's no question about that. Um, some of their banter between the two of them really did crack me up a bit. Especially like when you had said earlier in your in your opening line, that was the best. Like that had me le- like I laughed out loud for a while. Yeah, when, when they were I, when I when she was talking what about the, was the superhero oh landing thing. <laughs> Why do you do that thing? And like the way that it came out, it was almost as like they they forgot to cut, right? It was almost, it almost seemed like the the actress was asking the other actress a question, not the characters. And then when like she, she was she was pose, method acting in her terrible uh, Russian accent, <laughs> but the, the, yeah, like like you couldn't see that between the shots. Why do you always do that thing? And then she starts like. Awkwardly doing the pose. The pose. Oh man, <laughs> so so silly. When she ends up doing it later on in the movie, and then kind of has to shake it off. It's also she literally really- says that was disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, whole that, that like good. thing, like sending that up, was pretty funny to me. Um, and I know like there's probably some people who groan at that, but to me, that's legitimately funny. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the type of stuff you should be poking fun at. So far, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because like that. I mean, that pose came in the first time we saw the character when they were overly sexualizing her it was the first time you saw her well it was in the it was in the trailer it was yeah. in the trailer for iron man 2 that's right that's right oh my god that was too much that that really really did crack me up uh i i did like our core cast the romanovs like i liked them a lot yeah and like their dynamic their banter most of it was pretty Right. Uh, there was some stuff at that first initial dinner table. Like some of it was funny, some of it was corny. Mm-hmm. Um, I God, really put, I th- putting on that suit was really funny to me. Yes, uh, but my favorite part of all of that was actually when they crashed the plane or helicopter, rather, and they start the three of them start walking together. Some of that banter yep. was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about the ledgers, oh, your ledgers are. Red, gushing red yeah. blood. You killed so many people. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. I, I did like uh, when they are at that family dinner, and then uh, the 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 mom in quotes brings the the pig in. <laughs> David Arbor's like, you named him after me. <laughs> it's like because he's he really is like it is. It's so funny, like because the way like you know we can't. Families like when they're sitting around the dinner table, like they they do joke on dad all the time, and like that was mm. they they captured that really well in yeah. that dynamic. And I, I was like, this is really funny. Like that bit of it was like was really hysterical to me. Um, some of it went on for too long, and and like you said, some of it was awkward. But the but there were some really there were some good chuckles in there for sure. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I also like uh, Rachel Weiss. That's how you say her name. Yes. She she doesn't age, right? Is that is that just a known thing at this point? I feel like she well, she, she, she hasn't for forever. at least fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I would say, like the fir- the first Mummy, she looks slightly younger than she looks now, but like everything since, say Mummy Returns. Yeah, Un- unreal. Um, she's a very good actress. Uh, I think yes. there's a certain. Oh, I mean, she's one to her line deliveries, that... multiple 
not like Emmy or not Emmy Oscars rather. So. Yeah, she's really she's really good. Um, I don't know, just like it. There's something about like that that character had to be tough to play because like, specific, specifically because I felt like overall the writing was weak. So like yeah. having to bring the character to life that was on paper, I feel like a little one dimensional of like like no like this is like it's just this this character is just part of this fake family that is a scientist and like obsessed with it. But like to add in some of like for the actor to add in some of the nuance of like, there's definitely moments of care about the family, even if they're not a real family. And like to actually see that come out, like that was all on the actor. I feel like. Well, the problem with all of that is like, I did think all four of them did a pretty good job of trying to convey who the characters were and what the dynamic between the four of them was. This felt a little bit like one of the weird editing job type movies because, or like one that was rewritten kind of on the fly because that first scene, maybe it's not rewritten on the fly. Maybe it's reshoots situation. That Mm. first opening sequence, you never watched the Americans. I did. They established a very similar dynamic. Obviously it's the same premise where it's a Russian spy family is like a sleeper cell the difference being in the Americans, the kids don't know about it at the beginning. And this one, the older kid knows, the younger one doesn't get the deal, but she even she doesn't really know the full extent of it. And like the one parent is super pro-Russia. The other one is there for the cause, but ultimately their time in America has left them like, you know, maybe it's not that bad here, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, like sure, like I, I agree with the principles and we're all for it, but like we've raised these kids here and it's like, they're used to this, and honestly, we've been faking it, but we have a pretty good life. And like, there's some things over there that like I'm not a big fan of in America, but like, is it really that bad? Mm-hmm. You know? And like, they established that very similar dynamic in that opening sequence. And while you have that very little bit of push pull between the two parents on that, like, where it's like, we're going, no, we should probably just stay. Mm-hmm. They both seem to really care about their daughters. Yeah, especially especially like the way that the mom goes like she actually says the line at some point like I don't I don't want to. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. what's gonna. But like they both, but like even so, even though one of them doesn't want to go and one of them does want to go, they both very much seem to care about their daughters yeah. and like be legitimate parents to them to the point where like I just assumed they were. Which like in the Americans, it's a fake couple that was inserted in the U.S., but they legitimately really have the children together, right? Mm. To maintain the illusion. In this case, they were just assigned those kids. The one kid knows that. The other one doesn't know that because she was too young. And then after that opening prologue is done, they totally blow up that dynamic. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, we were just doing a job. Like, whatever. Like, Yeah. Yeah, we didn't really care. Like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm glad that you guys are okay. But, like, whatever. Like, you weren't actually our daughters. Like, in that opening scene, they exhibit true like parental care for this. right and it almost oh. seems like i and you said maybe reshoots i'm thinking maybe editing because it almost seems like they link maybe they lingered a little bit too long on some of the action sequences and probably cut out some of the more like singular emotional scenes of like looking at a character dealing with something and like i don't know like giving a flashback to or like a, a flash forward in these like if you're in the current time like to like the mother or father and like how they react, how they're acting in a situation. Because when you do see them, it's like, they're like you were saying, like they're solely like, Nope, it was just a mission like type of thing. Um, and then, but then the characters go back and forth on claiming that they felt otherwise, but they didn't yeah. show you that. And that's they, what I'm getting. Like, I don't know which part of it was reshot, but to me, it, it feels like 
they went with one idea. Well, because like the majority of the movie is kind of all over the map, right? Where the, yeah. No, it was only a mission. Well, no, we did kind of care about you, whatever. Whereas it's so singular in the prologue that like, I feel like that was reshot afterwards to m- try and create to like synthesize that connection between the characters that we're supposed to care about for what we're going to see later, mm-hmm. because I think they realized it was kind of ham handed later on what they did. Yeah. You know, there's something else going on here too. And that is that it was like, I feel like they made the black widow movie to finally make a movie specifically surrounding that character, right? Like, because they hadn't done it and they probably should have done it a while ago. But instead what the movie actually is, and what I think could have been, a really good movie is if it were a movie called like the widows or something like that, that like did a little bit more of a deep dive into the red the Romanovs. The, no, no. I, and here's where I'm going with it. It's like the widows where like, it's an explanation of the black widow, like project, like of these, of these girls that were taken yeah, the whole red room and thing. you follow Florence Pugh's character. And then you get revealed later on that she was that, like, you know, she was like the sister of Romanov and that's how you introduce the character. I think that would have been really cool. But instead they were like giving Romanov's character that movie that they should have given her a long time ago. Whereas like, and yeah, they're, they're trying to do both things at the same time. Yeah. And, they, like, and that, that more, really fell flat, especially like it felt very shoehorned in, right. Bringing in like, we're introducing a new character right here in the middle. And like one of the things that like, I normally don't question these things and I'm usually fine with it, but it's like, why haven't we seen any of these other widows in the past 10 years of Marvel movies if there's this whole group of them? Well, because they were hiding. Because it was super secretive, no one knew. But they were doing missions. Yeah, but no one knew. <laughs> I just like how matter of fact you did that. That really, that really tickled me. Thank you. Well, I mean, that's I what the movie needed, said. I so. that. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like almost exactly verbatim what they said. But no, like, haha, yeah. I've been hot, secretly doing this this whole time and no one knew because we were so secret. And I got to say, fair like, enough. Like, one, this was one of those movies. Like we have a bad guy uh, who, whose name I don't remember, who is largely forgettable and sucks. But I'm like, why? Like what? What do you want? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Oh, you know, like power and stuff. Yeah, I was like, oh, so, like I mean, he's basically he's Doctor Evil, right? Like that's he's power and control and stuff. Yeah, he's uh, he's Bond villain. Yeah, no, I just the thing is, it could have been an interesting character. The fa- certainly the fact that he created this like cabal of assassins that mm-hmm. no one knew existed, like that's cool. And also, like show me things that you've done with them, like why this is so dangerous, like why it's a bad thing. Like we know it's a bad thing from the mind control perspective. I get that. Yes. We know it's a bad thing from the pheromone perspective, which was very disgusting to me. And <laughs> maybe very uncomfortable those scenes. But what are you what are you doing? Like I I, yeah, I still don't know what they did. Well, so that was like the whole point of like Captain America and the Winter Soldier and Civil War is like they showed you why the Winter Soldier so cool in history. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, like, oh, he did all these famous. He was here and here and here and here. It's like, oh, that's you, really cool. Like by the end of Civil War, you see how it all connected because it's like, oh, wow, he attacked. He like killed Howard Stark and his wife. And like that tipped off literally everything that happened with the Avengers. Fair enough. Um, this not so much no. like, yeah, sure. Like a cabal of assassins who are mind controlled seems dangerous. But like, what? How specifically were they dangerous? Like, yeah, no. Like, hypothetically, like on paper, you're right, super dangerous. Like, but what specifically right. did they do? What would you say you do here? Right. Exactly. exactly. Very. That, that was really frustrating. So, like, on top of that, right? So, I, I, 
I had no reason to like the villain was largely disposable to me. It's like, okay, they've introduced somebody that they're going to kill off by the end of the movie. Cause I had, like, no... well, they disposed of him. So. Right. so that was, that was it. But, but the thing is like, I just seeing all that, like, yes, you're right. They didn't do enough to flesh it out and all that, but like, they could have, and like that, absolutely is a villain you could have kept in your back pocket to be interesting. Absolutely, down the line, they just yeah. didn't. No, they didn't. And then, and then, uh, even worse, in my opinion, is what they did with Taskmaster because Taskmaster is actually a pretty cool character from the experiences that I've had with that character in the past. So, like, yeah, I've had no experiences. For, for me, it's mostly is like there's two things that come to mind in particular. One, um, I did play the a little bit of the Avengers game, and that mm-hmm. character is in there, and it's pretty cool. Uh, I did play a lot of the Spider-Man and Taskmaster is in that, and it is an he is an awesome character in that. I uh, the idea of what that character does of like monitor monitoring and learning the movements and patterns of another person, and then being able to mirror them to really just take them down in the fight is is so cool. It's like it's basically like Neo plugged into the chair in the Matrix constantly, which is like a real like able to analyze super quickly and then like r- repeat and like know what's coming next. So like taking down that person, it seems damn near impossible because the character is able to immediately know like what knows what you'll do next, which they did show us some of that. Yeah, they, it's kind of cool. Actually, they showed us some of that. Like the fight, the fight on the bridge, I thought was pretty good for showing all that, even though like you didn't even realize that's what was going on at that stage yeah. in the movie. Assuming you didn't know the character, like I didn't like, you know. sure. But the other thing about that character from the experiences that I have had is that the character is, um, it's got a, a huge ego and is very talkative. So like turning that character into like a silent villain doesn't work because I feel like it cuts away half of what that character is. That's one. Well, I kept spending, I kept spending like the whole movie wondering who the fuck the character was. And I probably should have realized the Chekhov's dead daughter, but oh, to me, I thought that, that that thing like that hurt. That was so painfully obvious to me when they were like, they, they killed her. I was like, Oh, okay. So that's Taskmaster. It, it was, but there was something in the trailer originally that kind of made me wonder. And I knew at some point in this movie is like, okay, this doesn't add up. But even still knowing that, it seems like the Rachel Weisz character was going to betray them and she kind of did. And then like, obviously goes back on betraying them and helps them out. But like, I had a sinking suspicion from when the trailer came out that maybe she was the taskmaster. Oh, okay. So I kept waiting for, to see how that, and then like, I knew it wasn't. And then, so like at that point I was just like, all right, whatever, we'll figure it out eventually. Like, yeah, they're going to, it's going to be a big reveal. I don't care who it is. You know what I yeah. mean? And it turned out to be the daughter. I was like, oh yeah, nope, that nope, nope, I missed the Chekhov's daughter thing because i was caught up in the mother thing but yeah. that, that's 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 fair i yeah i for me it was just like they've this character is masked and hasn't spoken yet so they're they're hiding it and then i was like okay the other thing that made it a little bit more obvious to me was like i was assuming that the reason it, it dawned on me in that moment when they were like oh the daughter died i was like no she didn't that's one two uh <laughs> even if it's not taskmaster no she didn't uh, and then the other thing was like, oh, Taskmaster hasn't said a word this entire movie. It would be interesting if they're reserving that it's the daughter and they didn't want to use a female voice to throw you into knowing who it was. See, I was already caught up in, in that because they kept very specifically calling him he. And I'm like, it's probably going to be a she. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the fact that it could be Rachel Wise. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, sure. I also like what a waste of a casting of Olga, Olga Kirilenko other than just to, I guess, set up that she'll future because sure. she has one line and you see her face for like four seconds yeah yeah that was that it could have literally been anyone they could have guessed me it's so weird it's like there was no honestly there was no reason the character didn't even need to be there 
I you can you can largely cut out every scene with that character, and like it doesn't really do much for the development of of Romanov's character. Like we like they barely touch on the fact that she killed the daughter, and she's maybe a little bit sad about it, but not really. She's kind of sad. She's kind of sad about it. That's it. And then like, but like it hasn't really been sticking with her until someone reminds. But right, it's like, oh right, I killed a kid. Yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah. Also, you did. <laughs> but like her plan, she was totally fine with it. In fact, actively. Basically actively planned to kill her. Yeah. That's really what it was. She was, whether or not she killed her, she was really just guilty about actively planning. Like, eh, the only way I'm going to be sure I can kill him is if she's in the building. She's in the building, so let's do it. Mm. I, uh, so one of the things that I was hoping for, like, going through, was like, okay, so, like, so far, like, going through the movie, so far, nothing super exciting to me, nothing super new. Um, it just feels like a very B material that that is being written. Surely. I feel like the reveal of like the red room and like where it is and what it actually means. Maybe that'll be cool. And then it was like, Oh, little, little city in the sky thing. I was like, Oh, this is sweet. That hasn't really been done. And then I was like, no, it's kind of like the, just the shield ships just hovering in the clouds. And I was like, I never, it was never, almost exactly never mind. Like that, actually. And yeah. then, and then I was just like, okay, so nothing, nothing really new here. I was like, what is new about this? And then it was like pheromones. That's creepy. I don't want that. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, they, uh, you know, you, you throw those, the, the way that those red vials uh, break and disperse into the air was some of the worst CG I've seen in a long time. Well, the problem is not so much that it's the worst CG, it's that it so specifically evoked Scarlet Witch. Mm. And so when the first one broke early on with Yelena, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Mind control, Scarlet sure. Witch. Yeah. Go together like lamb and tuna fish. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she likes spaghetti and meatball. <laughs> um, and like that didn't play into it at all. In fact, it was just chemicals. I was like, oh, no. well, that's disappointing. I like, do like, I want to believe that there is something there, but they didn't, they didn't. I mean, they it. chose that very specific color and like, like, the, like the crystals inside of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with um, you. and like, my control, yeah, like we know. Sense. That she does mind control. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be our tie-in to Scarlet Witch because we know that she's coming up big in the, the new phase and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No. Okay. Like, it doesn't matter, but then, like, why not make it, oh, I don't know, any other color that exists? Right. Right. Yeah. There's a lot like of colors. Literally, literally any other color. <laughs> so there's a lot of them. You got your greens. Just, you know you what? You got blues. <laughs> you want- Purples even. You want to yep, save yellows. some you want to save some money and use that. No, 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 no. Purples. Purples used in Black Panther. Sure. Yeah. But I mean specifically when you talk mind control and that sure. very specific shade of red. Like you could have just used a different shade of red. And say it we we know from years that red means mind control in the MCU, except when blue meant mind control <laughs> in the first Avengers. And then and then blue turned out to actually be yellow inside the blue. That one, that was the one that really <laughs> fucked with my head. Was when they broke open the scepter and there was another different colored gem inside of it because, you know, the Tesseract was also blue, just like right. the scepter. And I was like, why? Why? Oh, man. That's so funny. Yeah, it, it is funny to see, like, some of the things that, like, became more important as time went on or, like, where they realized what they wanted to do with it and then had to, like, make some changes like that. Like, like that, right? Like, different color gem inside of it or like the Tesseract being a different shape and then being come, but also like purple down. was the power stone. Yeah. So also black Panther. 
Also Black Panther, yeah. But power. It was like it was a very powerful thing that Yeah, but totally power. two two totally separate different things that were in no way shape. Yeah, it's just uh this is like a Vince Gilligan thing. Like certain colors mean certain things, right? Yeah, except those things tend to be related. Red is mind control, purple is power, purple power. Right? But also sometimes red is evil. Blue is what is blue? Well it's mind control until it's orange. No, red red red's you know mind control. Orange souls are orange. Right? Was the soul right. Soul, yeah, orange, yes. Yellow is yellow is the power of the brain. Which is mind control. Wait, yellow is mind control too. That's oh god. Saying. Yeah, this is this is bad. This is bad. Let's get yes. off this train. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be here. Green. Green is surely safe and definitely isn't the time stone. Green is t- <laughs> yeah, how about just a nice brown? Like a nasty <laughs> just like a nasty like poop colored smoke. Yeah, shitty lake brown. Got shitty lake brown. That, that's definitely the Crayola crayon, right? <laughs> well, they got Robin's like blue, so why not? God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, that 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 little city in the sky was was was. I thought it was going to be something more exciting. Yeah, as soon um, as they showed it, as soon as they showed it, I was like, oh wow, just like those helicarrier things. I, I gotta I gotta be honest with, you, and I guess I guess it's official that we're probably never going there, but I. Uh, I was I actually didn't read up on anything about what this movie was going to be. So my assumption going in was that it was going to be an origin story until a couple of minutes in when I found out that like where the or whatever it was, 10 minutes in where you find out where it's actually taking place in the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I mean, it still kind of was a soft, soft origin for Black Widow, but mostly it was a Trojan horse origin for you. Right. And it, it definitely it was definitely more of that because like at the end of the day, I didn't I I know nothing more about Romanoff like than I, I had already had certain things. Well, she felt at. bad that one time. There was that. Yeah, there was that time she felt bad. And there was that fake family. And uh, and oh, we're, we're, still, we're still going to dangle Budapest in front of you, but we're never going to tell you what happened. Well, didn't they? Wasn't that blowing up the daughter and the the guy? Drake was it? Wasn't that the. Wasn't that what Budapest was? I don't know. I know that they. I know that they showed the room where they were trapped in, where there was a lot of bullet holes in the wall. Yeah. Was it I that thought, mission? I thought, unless I'm misremembering, because that was the whole thing, right? That she like had to do her one last job to get out. Like, wasn't that? I don't know. Maybe I, I still don't understand how Hawkeye comes into play. Because he, he told her to kill that girl. I mean, that he, guy and his daughter. He helped. He helped. Yeah, like he gave her the bomb. He did. Sure. Why not? Okay. Oh, oh, you're doing it. You're doing a bit. I got. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind, of this, kind of this whole time. All right. Um, cool. Cool. No, I mean, I was sincere in thinking like. That I really thought I missed something for a minute there, which would have been I, fine. But I misremember because now I've seen the movie like a couple weeks ago and whatever. But like, yeah, like because she doesn't explain it right then and there when she mentions it. But like, wasn't that the whole idea of Budapest? Was like that was her last thing to do to prove to them that she was. She was defecting, like maybe wasn't that act to kill Drakeoff? Maybe I don't really, I really don't remember. It obviously did not resonate or stick with me. I'm pretty sure that way. was the deal. Cool, cool. It, it was mostly about Elena and I guess the widows because it seems like they'll probably show up in whatever they do next. Some yeah, well, it seems it seems that way because they've all been freed. I like they made a big deal about like joining them back up to fight and like, hey, yeah, we yeah. go do this together. And like she goes off and disappears and then cleans up a grave or whatever. And, um, you know, Julia Louis Dreyfus. And sure. That talk about false pretenses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, we, we're watching, you know, credits are rolling. 
waiting for the inevitable post credit scene. Like, okay, I w- I'm going to assume that in a post credit scene, we're going to get some Yelena and, you know, just a hint of like what, of what's next. And then that scene, I was like, this was just, this was, this was pretty much as lackluster as the rest of this entire thing. <laughs> Well, it wasn't even so much lackluster. Lust, sorry, lackluster because I did lackluster. Yeah, uh, I, it did lack a luster. There, there was no luster in that. Mm. Um, Most things are lacking luster. Yeah, you could argue almost all of them. In that. <laughs> um, I appreciated Julia Louis Dreyfus committing to the bit of being allergic to the Midwest. Um, yeah, and good. talk about like Obi Wan Kenobi from a certain point of view. Oh, this is the guy who's responsible for the death of your sister. It's like. Like yeah. the strictest definition, but wow! Yeah, D- bold move, and also bold strategy, I mean, I, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I gotta be honest. I am a little curious to find out who's hired her to kill him. Like that is definitely interesting. sure. That's that is intriguing. Um, I'm gonna just assume it's somebody in the U.S. government, right? Well, what's his name is now U.S. agent, right? So like that seems, yeah, that would seem to be so. But I'm, I'm still, I'm, like, I'm sure it's probably someone. Else. Yeah. So is she gonna is she gonna show up then in the Hawkeye show? Maybe. Probably. That's. Like I mean, that would make the most sense considering yeah. that comes out soonish and like. Honest to God, I have no idea what that shows. Same. I just have to assume it's gonna be as bad as Falcon. Oh. Well, because they've had two super weird shows and two well, it will be two like fairly conventional shows and the super weird shows have been really good. And the one conventional show was bad. And this is the show of all of them that I'm the least interested. In. Yeah. And would, would seem to be the most conventional of them. So I'm just going to assume it's. Good. Yeah. I'm trying to, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm falling short on, on remembering the line, but there is a, in, <laughs> it's an end game. It's, it's end game. When, uh, when Hawkeye comes, when Clint comes back, and uh, he, they were like standing at the lake, and he yells, he yells something, but he yells it in like this very strange accent. <laughs> Do you know what scene I'm talking about? Like she's gone. Like the way, the way that he, I can't remember what it is that he's saying, but like I just it was remember when, being like, why is your voice different in this scene? <laughs> so it was when Thor asks her, right? Like why? Like we can't just go back and like we'll just go and do it again and whatever. Yeah. She's like you know, yeah. Um, it's weird. It's not as weird as the inconsistent accent on Florence Pugh in this movie because it's all over the map, scene to scene, and sometimes even within scenes. Mm. And I'm not going to criticize her because I thought generally she did a pretty good job. And it's yeah. tough to try and do a convincing Russian accent, especially for how long she's being asked to do it. Yeah, but it, it is pretty bad, honestly. Yeah. Well, I'm if they do if they if they do anything like they did with uh, um, Scarlet Witch, she just doesn't have to have it in the next thing. Well, I heard. I sure hope so. And, and honestly she's been around long enough like they could have just not done it yeah yeah that being said david harbour's russian accent kind of cracked me up he yep. was great in this i still he think really back was. to the first thing i ever saw him in was in the newsroom as elliot and yeah it's it's so weird to see where his career's gone since then him playing like sloppy russian captain america is just chef's kiss <laughs> yes <laughs> and like that whole arm wrestling shtick in the jail was really funny to me, especially when he just completely wrecks that giant guy's arm. That was fucked up for calling, <laughs> for calling him a liar. There's... But also, I like I liked him playing with his own little action figure. It was kind of yep. adorable. Like, it I was bad for him in that. I did. I did too. And the prison break <laughs> sequence great. was fun. Mm-hmm. When especially when the helicopter was like leaving, and he's like, ah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, that's too much. But yeah, he 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 was fun. Plucky comic relief. Yes, which I never took oh him my for God. that specific version of it. When he thinks he has an earpiece in, <laughs> that was a great scene. <laughs> <laughs> that like there was an unnecessary laugh that some some very strong writer put in. <laughs> it's either that or like they went to shoot the scene and he realized he didn't have an earpiece in. <laughs> They're like, you just keep it in. This is better than what we had. <laughs> I need to tell you something. <laughs> well, cause they did that a couple of times. So maybe it was written then. Cause they did that a couple of times, right? Where he says, he goes, Oh, if this is the last time and he turns around and he goes to touch her and she's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He really was. He was funny. I, uh, I love how, like when they're taking down the building, the, in the sky, like that, Jumping, it's so funny when stakes don't matter at all, and I can't be emotionally attached to what's happening in the scene. Like, I know when this character dies, so it's not now. And then, like, jumping, so jumping off, like, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're jumping off this, you're, you're bouncing around from from brick to brick like Super Mario, like, as you, <laughs> as you get, as you're floating through the sky to jump on somebody else's back. Like, it was just so, it was so absurd. And I was like, at this point, I was like, they're just like, I feel like the writer was like, and then explosions and flying through the air and guns. Like, that's all it said on the paper. Wait, how did Michael Bay get in here? Yeah. <laughs> also, oh every God. time you say some version of something in the sky, I keep wanting to sing along with it. And so I'm taking down the building in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Building in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what else? What else happened in this movie? What else was good? Something notable. Anything notable? Nope. Someone almost made a pig choke to death on its own. That was uncomfortable. I didn't like that scene. Trachea or whatever. I I was. I don't know how actually it just ceases breathing. Like there that. was a moment in there. I was like, actually, like conceptually, what's going on here was really fucked. Like it's really, it's really creepy. Oh, absolutely. I was like that. Like, and they played it for comedy. Lean into the weirds. Yeah. No, yeah. That was. Uh, but, like there was there was something super interesting there. That was like where it's like I kind of want to like this movie, but it's not. It's not working for me because, like, that whole thing with the mind control and, like, why you could have kept Drakov around is because, like, this is such a potent, dangerous weapon and you're just a plot device that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those, uh, that Mission Impossible mask, we're gonna, we're <laughs> gonna do, we're gonna do that a couple more times. You guys remember those? We're gonna do that a couple more times. Did they do that in these, in the Marvel movies? I have no memory. They did it in, oh, well, in that's Winter right. Soldier. She did it. Yeah, she did one. Um, I just I always loved the concept of that, right? Like the very cool idea, like the mask that covers your face and makes you look identical to somebody else. But we just don't address the body type at all. I mean, I guess you could buy in someone on something like that. To me, it was always the toughest sell on face off because like they made some sort of token reference to it. But like, could you find two less similar body types than mid 90s? Nicholas Cage. But they did it. Remember, the computer was adding like fat to his pecs, like it was. A yes, thing. only his pecs, I guess. Yeah, it's si- it's science, Al. Yeah, you, you you wouldn't understand. <laughs> I'm always the one who's like the science. This doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> guess I wouldn't understand. Um, I have a couple notes here on okay. uh the villain that just it's just a series of bullet points and. Uh, in rereading them just now, I found them a little funny. So I'm going to read. I'm just going to read these bullet points to you. Okay. Uh, insecure man child, uh, gross, he, and I don't want him on the screen. 
<laughs> uncomfortable to watch. Just a bad Bond villain. Yeah, I mean, Ray, Ray, Ray Winstone is capable of making you very uncomfortable with his villainy. It's my favorite he's, one. He's a good villain. My favorite one. It's the last one. But dot, dot, dot. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want, Lindsay? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> you know, it's more power and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. Just uh, overall, it's just... It's just... A, I, will, I want to address one thing, though, that I found. So, like, a, a few days ago or, like, a week ago, I don't remember when the story came out, but, like, um, that Scarlett Johansson was going to sue Disney over... Mm-hmm the the pay and whatnot for for the movie i feel like when that story broke it was very much like leaning into like being like shame shame on you for doing this and i read it and i was like no hang on <laughs> like n- no like if you like look into like the why it's like no like she 100 percent should be paid properly for this movie i think yeah i mean if they're gonna ask her to go do all that stuff and like it's contractual stuff like there's been some legitimate fighting tool like you can argue in the end after all it's like oh does it really matter like, yeah sure fine it's a matter if the movie is in a theater or you're watching at home or you rented it slash bought it slash get to watch well, it with your streaming service but like if you have a the contractual clause that you're getting a certain amount of box office yeah it's gonna be pretty shitty if the person like distributing the movie is actively sabotaging the box office Right. And then, like, also, like, if you're going to, like, I feel like there's, like, an understood bit there, like, that the movie is being released. So, like, if you're going to do that, then I feel like, I feel like there's no no brainer that she should be getting that same percentage of the other sales. Yeah. That's, that's so I was like, I was like, well, I, I want you all, like, I saw, like, one headline after the next about this. And the way that it was phrased, it was like, I feel like it was, like, really just, like, calling her out as being bad. And I'm just like, now hang on. I'm not. I'm not. And I've said this before on the show. Like, I'm not the biggest Scarlett Johansson fan. I don't. I never. Re- I do think that that's mostly the writing around her characters because I have seen her in some tremendous stuff. So like in those things, I do like her. But I've seen her in a lot more things where I'm just like, eh, whatever. But like, even though I didn't love this movie, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, it's just like it's the principle of the thing. Like, this was her movie. Like, it's the Black Widow movie. The character that she has built. Like, like, like she did the performance for many, many years and they finally decided to do the movie. And like for this to happen, it just seems like I can't imagine them doing it to another character in the in the Marvel universe. And that's yeah, I guess bothersome. So. Yeah, it's just I, it's weird. I, I actually didn't see a ton of people like crushing. Her. I mean, like there, there, there definitely was some, but I saw plenty of like support for him and all that. Like weirdly, of all things, like Kevin Feige seems yeah. to be backing her, at least in public we'll see if that's real mm-hmm. i guess because i can't imagine him going absolutely toe-to-toe with disney over an actress who's actively leaving or maybe he's afraid it will jeopardize his ability to get other big actors to join new roles sure. and that's why uh, maybe i because well, what, whether me, or not I'm it's guessing, altruistic he is defend it seems like he's defending her well my guess would be he's probably just playing good cop in this situation mm-hmm. um to disney's bad cop but sure it just seems really dirty. I don't like it. Yeah, and, and a lot of this stuff is dirtier than I realize, which kind of sucks, honestly. Yeah. But um yeah, like I, I at first I kind of thought like like someone like Denis Villeneuve was like being a bit whiny when he's fighting tooth and nail about how they were doing this HBO Max release of like Dune. 
And the more and more I think about it, the more these situations come up. It's like, well, it's kind of an impossible situation because they would have liked to release the movie last year and gotten the normal box they were going to get. But there was a pandemic, so they couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some sort of alternative. But on the other hand, don't take a movie that was going to be a big box office draw and turn it into something that's 100% subscription, you know, a la HBO Max, that totally fucks with the contract, totally fucks with the way they measure these things. The way stu- I mean, you could say maybe that studio is going to like make good with that director. It's like, oh, it's not your fault it didn't have a box office. It's a pandemic's fault, and that's great. But like, there's a lot of people who don't have that. Yeah. yeah that Disney this, had its cake in the sour, too. Sour taste like in my mouth for sure. $30 rental fee on top of the Disney Plus yeah. subscription. It's like, that's something, but it sounds like they're not giving her the commensurate proportion of those rentals. Mm-hmm. So that seems like an obvious and easy fix. Mm-hmm. I agree. But anyway, I guess we'll see. I'm kind of curious how that'll net out. Um, I I just hope she gets paid. That's it's really kind of bullshit. Um, appropriately paid appropriately. I know she didn't like. It's not like she didn't make anything. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't. So are we done with this character then? Like like officially now? Like she like she's no longer like has anything well, slated dead. right. No, I, I know. So. Well, sure, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the purpose considering it. Well, like again, you bookend this movie with her dying again, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I don't see the purpose unless we have like a further back. But we've got a lot of that flashbacks over the course of the past. So, yeah, like I, I have to imagine unless she does something for what if, and I don't mm-hmm. know if she is or isn't. Like, cause I was a whole multiverse situation before Julia Louis Dreyfus walked on screen. I was certain that when Florence Pugh's character whistled that we were going to hear another whistle and it was going to cut to black that would have been annoying yeah and i and and as it was happening i was like don't do this <laughs> well it's, a, it's like the one thing they've been really like specifically obvious and final about is like when you sacrifice yourself for the soul stone or whatever, yeah you you die do yeah not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. Yeah. for sure them's the rules it says it, it on the like back it. it says it on the back of the soul stone Al, you got anything else on this movie? I don't think so. I think I do either. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in a Six at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week. Nope. Tune in next time for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Thanks for...